gentlemen to this fine radio program podcast and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world famous smoking and toasting welcome my friends it's show number 256 and we are all about craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars we're going to talk all three today because that's what we like to do that is what we do it's what we do if we were just sitting here at presidential cigars but we thought what the heck let's just uh Turn the microphones on and uh, make a show out of it. So. I very much love being uh, able to go out and be on location now. It, it yes, it's so it, much. We fun. missed that so much during the pandemic. It was uh, you know when the pandemic first started, we did those shows on on uh, Zoom or Skype, and you know there was always some little internet issue somewhere. So we finally thought, okay, if we go back in the studio and Ian sits all the way over here, and I sit all the way <laughs> over here, then we can do the show. And so we kind of eased back into it but it took us probably a year yeah, more than a year before we were able to get back out again. we were out of practice now i so, think we got it nailed down we are at presidential cigars in spring on the uh this is our second time to do a show here we did one <coughs> so early in the show i don't think we were even doing video yet no so, we, we didn't have video <coughs> at that point in time you can still look us up uh i believe on the um on YouTube, you can still probably find that show if you look it up, uh, but it won't have video. It'll just be a right. blank screen. Just, just listen, audio. and you'll find you should find it on the uh, podcast medium as well. And we're also today excited about the second appearance on the show of Darnell Street, who's the managing partner uh, for Emperor's Cut Cigars. Now, what's I, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. When I met Darnell, we met at a, a, a Glenn Levitt event. You remember that? We yeah, met, yeah. We were, we were out there drinking somebody else's whiskey. Exactly. And uh, enjoying ourselves, and it was beautiful. It was a great event that they did. Met Darnell, and he handed me his card. And I was, uh, he's like, you know, we, we have a cigar company. I said, where are you based? He's like, right here in Houston. And immediately I thought, okay. The bar got lowered a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. Because it, it was my experience that most of the times that you ran into somebody who was doing cigars here, yeah, they, they just weren't quite up to par. Well, with, uh, with I, think, I think what happens is, is at that time especially, because that was a couple years back, right. at that time especially, we had a rash of, uh, of uh, uh, cigars that were coming out. It wasn't just here in Houston. It was all over the place. So anyone who had a few thousand bucks could just have cigars made right. with their own right. labels on them. Right. And I think that's what we were running into a lot of, and they were right. mediocre at best 90% of the time, right. but they had a cool label with your name on it or whatever. Right. Just, right. So fast forward a few months, and we actually got together and did, I don't remember, I think you may have given me one at that event. I think I did. I and I, I did. I'm going to be honest, I took it home and put it in the humidor mm -hmm. and didn't smoke it. Right. But then when we started talking about scheduling this, uh, this event, uh, the, uh, having you on the show, I thought I, I better smoke that cigar. Right. So I smoked it and I was like, holy cow, this is really good. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so that made me, by the time we did the show, and I think we were at uh, Downing Street uh, in uh, down in Houston off of Westheimer. Uh, by the time we did the show, I was you know a full fledged fan of yeah. the cigars, yeah. and and that that was a fun show. We found out then about the first line that you had. You right. had two cigars in that line, is that correct? We had one coming out. Just like your timing is impeccable, 
because we had the Jazz series coming out, but we didn't have it. Right, we talked about it. We talked but about it. But it wasn't out yet. And I was excited because you were naming the cigars after Jazz greats. Exactly. And so that was, that was, pretty, that was pretty exciting. We'll talk about that a little more. Uh, but now we're kind of in the same situation again. Again. Because Jazz is here. Your original right. line is here. Right. But you have a new one that's just about to hit. Right. We have a new line called Indulgence coming out. And that cigar is going to have a Habana leaf, and it's going to have the, uh, the uh, filler is going to be Nicaraguan. And so we're hoping that that cigar will touch your inner soul. No, <laughs> well, that's So we decided to get really deep with this cigar. It's like, you know, we consider ourselves a lifestyle brand, and we wanted to produce a cigar that could ride along with you on your motorcycle, that as you, uh, in the fall, drop the top on your car, mm -hmm. this cigar would say, you know what, today, I'm going to do something for me. So that, so that Habano leaf with the Nicaraguan filler is going to be a little sweet and creamy on the outside, a little spice from that Habano. It's going to be right. really and, nice. And it's been aged a little bit, so it won't be too strong. It's going to be very medium body, probably right in the middle. Uh, we wanted to kind of tamp it down just a little bit. So that it would appeal to a broader range. Not too much of the uh, Nicaraguan uh, pepper blast that you get. Right, right, yeah. right, exactly. You, you can tell a man lives in Texas when he refers to putting the top down on your car in the fall. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> right. when you live... Uh, and most of winter. When you, li when you live a little further north, the fall is when you stop putting the yeah, top exactly. down. Exactly. <laughs> here, here in Houston, we're like, it, it's just now getting to be really good top-down weather. Oh, so, so your cigar is coming out at a perfect time for us yes. here. So. so we have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about uh, the Emperor's Cut cigars, doing a little smoking of them. How is that uh, pre-light? Man, so I'm just, I'm just doing a pre-light sniff on this, and I'm getting, like, when you, when you smell along the wrapper, you get a really nice, natural, uh, uh, earthy and barnyard kind of thing. But on the ends, there's a little chocolatiness to yes. it that I'm picking up. Chocolate or mocha, maybe a hint of coffee right off the right off the bat. Very this nice. Smells fantastic. Yeah, it's very, very nice. good. And well, you look for a little hint of citrus uh, that'll go along as well. You called out all the notes. That's in our jazz series. And I got the miles. Now this was interesting because we had this conversation earlier. You got your uh, your um, Churchill uh, size. There's this a uh, Corona. I'm not sure what you're calling. So it. that's our Toro. Uh, the Toro. Sorry, the Toro. my fault. That's a nice big Toro. So yes. five, 56 by uh, six, six and, and a half. half. Uh, and this is your miles. And then you got this is the, the train. train. The train, right? Yeah. Obviously, after John Coltrane. Now you showed me a shorter one, a little yes. stubby one. Right. And you said, guess what it is? And I didn't guess the right name, but I said Wayne Shorter because it's guess short. what? It's yeah. short. Yeah. <laughs> this is our Dizzy. That's the Dizzy. <coughs> I love that. Paying homage to Dizzy. Mm -hmm. Feel that that uh, trumpet up with that air and just those jaws just come out. Those cheeks yeah, just yeah. come out. So we thought we'd make something compact. That always makes me think, too, that the flavor is going to be right, right there up front, too, because when Dizzy went into a solo, he never snuck into it, man. <laughs> Every solo he went into is like kicking a door Boom. down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this, this absolutely has a great flavor profile. But not enough to knock you on your feet, but enough to satisfy. Now, does this have that? Can I can I see it for yes. a minute? Because this is the same almost size as like uh, the uh, Oliva uh, Nubs, and then does right. this have that same kind of thing where it smokes a little longer than you think? Yes. Um, and, and in a small cigar, uh, I think the original idea was the, of the nub was to to start the cigar kind of at the sweet spot. Right. But I find I like a lot of these small yeah. sizes, and especially like the nice thing about it is they just 
Yeah. You take it with right. you, and it, and it smokes longer than you think, so you're not right. just doing a 20-minute smoke. Right. It's really nice. You know, you're right. We, uh, we, we try to tell people somewhere between 30 minutes and an hour, yeah. depending on, depending you know, on how, you smoke. how yeah. you smoke and everything. So, but it's a good 45-minute smoke. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you, we mentioned this before we started the show. We were talking about the miles and, uh, that Ian has in the train, which is this one. And I said, man, anybody that knows anything about jazz, how do you choose between Miles Davis and John Coltrane? And you had the perfect answer. That's right. You don't. You take both. You take both. <laughs> that, that works for me. I mean, they uh, did play together a lot. That's right. That's true. I recently watched the, uh, the final season of Bosch on uh, Amazon, which is based on the Michael Connelly novels. And uh, one of the things that's so awesome about that show is that Bosch, the lead character, the detective, right. is a big jazz fan. He's got a turntable. So when he's at home at night trying to you know, think through what's going on with the case, he's always nice. got some amazing jazz oh, record right. on. Oh, and it's nice. just, it, just sets, it just sets a really nice tone for the whole thing. Uh, we do have, as I said, a very interesting show today. We are live from Presidential Cigars with the Emperor's Cut and uh, Darnell Street, and we are going to be um, taking a look at some very interesting beers today from Stormbreaker Brewing. Um, have you, I haven't watched it, but I've read good things about it. There's a TV series called What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I just got the third season. I, have you seen the movie? No, no, I haven't. Okay, just start with the movie. Start it's with the movie and then go into the series? freaking hilarious. Really? Okay, so I've, I've heard good things about it. I saw it. the movie at the theater downtown in, uh, in Houston at the, uh, what did he call that little um, the theater that's uh, in the um, arts center? Yeah, uh, the one um, that used to be yeah, really so good before AMC bought it. Right. <laughs> I saw it there, Terrible. And, and we were, man, we were just about falling out of our seats laughing so hard. And then they came out with the series, and the series is fantastic as well, so... Well, 100% watch that. Stormbreaker Brewing out of Portland, Oregon is paying homage to the movie and the series with their uh, New Zealand-style pilsner that we'll be sampling called What We Brew in the Shadows. <laughs> nice. What so, We yeah, Brew in the What We Brew in the Shadows. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then we've had uh, beers on the show before from Toppling Goliath out of uh, Decorah, Iowa. We'll be trying their Pompeii IPA today. And then... I'm really excited about this. We've had these guys on the show before, and we're overdue to have them back again. Uh, from Humble, Texas, one of the most creative breweries, I think. Oh, this has got to be ingenious, area, right? Is ingenious, yeah. Man. Ingenious Brewing Company. Uh, these guys, uh, not only did they bring just amazing beers on the show, and they're constantly doing new ones. It's not For them, it's not necessarily about even having a core lineup. They come out with new beers and no. just, just keep pushing them out. You never know what they're going to brew, and I'm thoroughly convinced it's because they actually never know what they're going to brew. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's right. Like they just, <laughs> man, they just have such crazy ideas. And they have the big brain on the can, yes. their, their logo for Ingenious. Mad anyway, they've got something that's come out just in time for Halloween, which is uh, just days away now. Uh, it is, I just love this. It's their Stout Chocula, Imperial Stout Milk Chocula. Stout. So we'll be uh, we'll be trying that today, yeah. And then um, a, a couple of months back on the show, we had a, an añejo tequila uh, called Addictivo. Mm -hmm. Addictivo. We all liked it very very much. And I was in uh, Specs earlier this week, and the uh, you know I, I'm just a sucker for the tequila sales guys. Right. Uh, this guy talked me into a bottle of their extra añejo and said this is. Totally right. different. I just want to point out, are you sure that you didn't 
You didn't hook up with Darnell and just decide to make sure that they matched? Well, it, it, it was a happy coincidence <laughs> because I do remember what the uh, Emperor's Pet boxes looked like and the, you know, that classy sort of black and gold. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I, but I, I didn't really think of it until I pulled the bottle out and <laughs> set it on the table. That's so this perfect. Is, this is the Addictivo Extra Añejo Tequila. I really splurged on this because it wasn't wow. cheap. So we'll be trying that out today and, and seeing what we think. So uh, all of that plus a little bit of info on cigars to watch for. Uh, there's a Venezuelan rum maker that is doing the most amazing thing. Venezuela is a pretty, uh, pretty rough place. Yeah. Uh, this this rum maker is offering gangsters a way to get out of crime and into rum. Not drinking it, but working with it. So I want to pass that story along. Plus, Conor McGregor's whiskey, they're going to have to change their name. Hopefully, they'll From change. Conor McGregor's whiskey? Yeah, it's Conor McGregor's Irish whiskey or whatever it is. And, and uh, yeah, they're going to have to is, change Is he going to come out with another one? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll tell you that. What's happening with that? Like, what i got to know. What I'm hoping is that when they change the name, maybe they'll change the whiskey and it'll be better. But that's, <laughs> oh, you know, oh. but that's a, uh, you know, that's just, that just is. So it's like his last is. fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely correct. Uh, plus, we'll uh, also be doing uh, drinking news. Now, I think the last time we had you on the show, Darnell, we had not started drinking news. Okay. But this is something that we do now on every show. And I, I thought we'd do it for a few weeks and then, you know, move on. But somehow it became the single most popular segment on the show. Okay. And I, I'll be honest with you, it, it doesn't always deserve that popularity. <laughs> Sometimes it's just uh, kind of silly. But Drinking News is where we go and find an unusual story in the news that happens somewhere. Uh, often, the uh, story starts with the words, a Florida man. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and it's, it's, you know, sometimes, not always, a story about drinking. Okay. But it is always a story that's best enjoyed if you've been drinking. drinking. So we wait until the last segment. Okay. So we've had a little bit, you know, right. by the time it rolls right. around. So we'll be doing that today, and uh, and a lot of different uh, a lot of different things to talk about. Uh, a number of American craft distillers are collaborating on a whiskey for charity. We mentioned it last week, but I want to uh, tell you all about that. And we're going to find out more about the indulgence series that's coming out from uh, from Emperor's Cut. One of the things I love about your brand is from the very beginning, it wasn't just about. At least this is the way I perceived it. It wasn't just about cigars and tobacco. It was about the experience, the lifestyle, yeah, the whole lifestyle Correct. of, of the smoking culture, a cigar, yeah. right? And 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 you really kind of targeted the way you name things and the way you put the packaging together, and then the quality of the tobacco that you use. I'm curious, and I know we probably talked about this last time, but how does a cigar maker based in Texas, how what do you do to find the right tobaccos? for your cigars? How does the process work? So, you know, we're just like a fine wine maker. You know, we're, we're located in Texas, but we got to get on a plane. We go to Nicaragua, mm -hmm. we go to Dominican Republic. I just left the Dominican Republic, spent a week in the Dominican Republic back in August, and we're looking at the inventory of leaves that are available, uh, wrappers, fillers, the quality. We're sitting down talking to uh, master blenders because uh, each master blenders are like artists. They really it's are. Amazing. It's amazing. Yes. It's a fascinating it's, it's people. It's this really crazy combination of art and science because they have to be able to blend in such a way that when they get the cigar they want, that they can 
continue to replicate, replicate it. it. Yeah, right. with a continuously variable yeah. product. Yeah, so there's got to be some science involved. Crazy. But it's but coming up with the blend. I mean, to me, that's just that's the art part of it. Right. Strange you know? alien voodoo. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we like, we like to refer to it as baking the cake. Mm. So we come up with concepts, and then we move towards a flavor profile. Then we kind of throw some marketing on to like what will sell, maybe tamp something down because, you know, uh, it might be too strong. You know, the average cigar smoker is smoking a medium body cigar. Right. You know, maybe it's medium to full, but very few people are smoking true full body cigars. Right, right. Because if they were, you could see them in the parking lot laying down when they finish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you there's a little bit of snobbery, I think, about cigar strength among, right. among smokers. People have a tendency to you know, kind of, uh, you know, poo-poo the cigars that are that are lighter in body and, you know, Connecticut wrappers and things like right. that. But the reality is that over, I don't know, the last 10, 15 years, we've moved from a place where most cigar smokers were smoking the very milder cigars. Right. And now it, now the, I think the average is, like you said, it's, it's right there, right yeah. there in the medium. Well, right. I think people feel like they should be smoking this, but frankly, I, I, you know, there's a few mild cigars that I pick up on a regular basis, man. Yeah. The, the Aladino Connecticut is amazing. Oh, wonderful. The, yeah. The uh, Perdomo 10th anniversary is fantastic. Right. Like, mm -hmm. it's real hard. I don't care if you like the heaviest of cigars. Right. It's real hard to pick up one of those and go, man, right. this isn't a good cigar. Yeah, you can't right. do it. I, the, the milder cigars... The ones that I like the best have a tendency to have a, a really nice toastiness to them. Yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, and then when you get into the medium body, I, I start loving the earth and the chocolate and the right. just, I wanna the other. Do, I want to talk about this for just a moment. On the initial light of this, I got a lot of... Uh, this is the Miles. Uh, I got a lot of, uh, uh, like, Barnyard right off the bat, which immediately, like, settled down into this really nice... Uh, a little bit of cooking spice and sweet with a little chocolate backbone going on to it. I would say this is a mild, just barely kissing medium on the strength level. Mm -hmm. But this is a very approachable cigar. And it's, uh, it's. I'm, I'm glad you said that. You, you guys are really good. So the cigars <laughs> no, smoke a lot. <laughs> that I, the cigars that I brought you have aged over 18 months wow. in my humidor. So you're getting something. That we always like nice. to say, we, got, we, we have medium body cigars that depending on how long we have them, they may tamp down to from maybe right me, medium in the middle. They age to medium, a They bit. age and some of the strength comes out. Yeah. But you get this nice creaminess. You get this nice cigar that if strength is not your primary, you will love our cigars. The Retrohale has a really nice cedar note on it mm -hmm. too that I'm really mm -hmm. enjoying. And there is a little hint of citrus yeah. in this too. Yeah. That, that kind of dances on the tongue a little bit. Yeah. I, I really like that. I was going to say that it's, you know, and we we always kind of like chastise ourselves for using the word smooth. But this smooth. is this is definitely a smooth smoking cigar. It's right. not, there's nothing about it that's harsh, but it has just that little more uh, power to it than a, than a fully mild uh, a cigar, like a Connecticut wrapper cigar. And uh, I, I think it's terrific. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, um, I've got a couple of friends that, that start their day with the big cigar, you know, if they're smoking something in the morning. But I have a tendency to like something yeah. a, little bit, a little bit less in the morning, and then right. maybe after dinner right. I'll have something with a, with a whole yeah. lot of With our full body guys, they uh, tend to like smoking our cigars in the morning, mm -hmm. midday, and transition 
into their full body. And then it's a Serie R at night. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Time to time to break out the Lafleur Dominicana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chisel. Those are, yeah, those are brutal. Those, those will, like you said, leave you laying down in the parking lot. Those will give you hiccups. Yeah, yeah they, they really will. I should have well, bought that 25-year-old bottle. I, I want to geek out. <laughs> I want to geek out on the fact that you call this your jazz series because this is a a very mild and uh, approachable cigar at this point. Not super mild, but like in the mild range, but super approachable at this point. And it kind of reminds me of when I uh, speak to people about jazz and they think, it's so relaxing. Right. I can kind of get that, but when you listen to what they're actually doing, it's saying a lot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, therefore, you get the complexity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys just look, you just ran through the complexity of the cigar in terms of, you know, this earth tones, it's citrus notes that's very, very light. You know, and everybody doesn't pick it up. I don't quite pick it up all the time, um, but I can pick up the earthiness of the cigar. But we said, let's make a cigar that's got some level of complexity. And where do you find that? You find that in jazz. Mm-hmm. To get that smooth jazz, there's a level of complexity under that smooth note when somebody put that arrangement together. When you start talking about jazz, though, you also run into um, the the different schools of thought. Some people like the jazz that is more smooth, more commercial, more right. intense stuff. And complexity is absolutely what it is because right. that scene in Amadeus where uh, uh, Mozart is playing the, the song on the piano uh, for the king and the, and the guy says, uh, I think there's too many notes. And Mozart <laughs> says, what do you mean too many notes? He goes, just take some out. <laughs> that's that's kind of like what listening to a, a John Coltrane right. record is like. There, right. There's not too many notes, but there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah, you know? There's and a lot going on. And, and, and that's a perfect, you know, sort of comparison right. for the cigar because even at this, you know, milder, medium-bodied uh, strength, it's got the complexity that sometimes, you know, depending on what you're smoking, sometimes you have to go right. to, a, to a fuller-bodied cigar yeah. to get that level of exactly. complexity. So that's why I think these absolutely work and do exactly what they're supposed to. The train is is uh, is working for them. I'm very yeah, happy yeah, with this. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and which one are you smoking? I'm smoking the Miles. Uh, okay. So, I mean, you got the same one. Now, these yeah. are the same blend with different sizes. Yeah, same blend. So, which can size. affect the overall flavor of the... Right. Uh, so, what was it we smoked last time we were on the show? Which, uh, which cigar we was We smoked that? the Natural Pleasure. The Natural of, Pleasure. That's right. With the, that was the Black Label one? Yeah, the Black yeah, Label Yeah, yeah. That one. was great, too. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that tremendously. Out of the Dominican Republic, that's and that's one right, one right there. there. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that has a no essence of coffee and spice and a little bit of white pepper on the front end. And so, uh, I really enjoy that cigar because you can, uh, you can pair it with a lot of different spirits and just kind of sit back. And you don't need anybody else. You can just <laughs> get into yourself. <laughs> this this Miles that uh, that I'm smoking here, this um, Jazz Series Miles, makes me want to have like a nice Pilsner or something like a uh, like a classic um, pale ale, like um, Fat Tire. We'll like when Fat Tire is real fresh and it has that really nice doughy kind of flavor. And I know they've sold now, but you know. Yeah, the, I think. I <laughs> but think you know what I mean. The still the same. Uh, but uh, if you're if you're thinking Pilsnerian, you're in luck because we're going to take a break. And when we come back, one of the things we're going to do is to try this what we brew in the shadows New Zealand style Pilsner. That sounds from, perfect. From uh, Portland, Oregon, from Stormbreaker Brewing. So so we've got that coming up. Plus we have uh, uh, some tequila, some extra añejo 
from Adictivo. Uh, we're going to talk with some of the guys from here at uh, Presidential as well. And uh, we'll, we'll also be getting around to Drinking News, which is uh, our Drinking News teaser headline today is just giving them the finger. Giving them the finger. And we'll uh, tease you with that. And we'll be right back. It is uh, Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. That's what we're smoking now. And we'll be back with more. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great uh, t-shirts and hoodies and sweatshirts online for those who are uh, fans of cigars or if you've got a cigar lover on your uh, holiday gift list. They make great uh, great holiday gifts as well. They're a little snarky. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. But, but that's that's kind of fitting for cigar lovers. Agreed, know? yeah. Uh, and uh, so you can go and check the designs out. They start under 20 bucks, which is uh, damned affordable for a shirt. Yeah. And, and, I was, at, uh, I was and, at a concert. I bought my wife a hoodie at a concert last week. You know how much it was? It was 70 freaking dollars. Yeah, that's It was crazy. a nice hoodie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> and I knew she wanted it, so I got it for her. But it was like, holy cow. Yeah. 70 bucks. Concert shirts are expensive. But here's the thing. Even if even if you uh, listen to the show and you listen more for the beer and the liquor, you're not so much into cigars, go on there and check out the shirts and then just send them to us because mm -hmm. I like to wear them too. <laughs> <laughs> and you look good in them too. Yeah, you do. Do what I can. Uh, MyCigarShirts.com is online. They are a sponsor of the show, so please support them. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes. So we're on show number 256, and Ian... That is, that is actually halfway to 300. It, it is, and it's, it's, it's just... I've done the math. It's very exciting. I went to school uh, in Liberty, but I did the math. <laughs> Ian pointed out to me that uh, we've been doing this now for five years. Yes. That's, that's, that's five years. That's unbelievable. Every week. I keep thinking somebody's going to step Excluding in. Excluding a couple holidays yeah. every week. I keep thinking everybody's, somebody's going to step in and put a stop to it, but uh, so far, no one has. It's not going to happen. And I only say that to irritate that guy who wrote that review. <laughs> that, um, guy, that guy does not watch our show. <laughs> no, there's no way. If he's still here, he's a glutton for punishment. <laughs> that, that, that's for sure. Darnell Street is with us, the uh, managing partner for Emperor's Pet Cigars, and I thought maybe, Ian, you could do some beer porn, because I'm, I'm a little thirsty. Well, I have to set down my mic. <coughs> All right. Into my handy dandy mic holder. Yeah, that that totally works, doesn't it? Um, so, how long ago did you guys decide? Okay, we're gonna make cigars. We probably thought about it about twelve or thirteen years ago. Wow! But we didn't really form a company and put money behind it until twenty seventeen. Okay, and, and that was a pretty good time for cigars. Although, quite frankly, this last year. Yeah. has been a booming year for cigars, even yeah. in 2021, where, you know, the economy's a little funky, people are trying to get back on their feet after the right. pandemic, but there's there's been an enormous increase yes. in cigar imports into the United States this year. Yes. And I think a lot of it was because during the sort of height of the pandemic, I think a lot of shops were not ordering a lot. They were trying to sell off the inventory they have, trying to be right. careful, not knowing where right. business was going to go. Right. And and people smoked a lot during that time because and, they were right. home. And then they realized that they couldn't keep cigars in right. inventory. Right, right. right. So it's, you know, all of a sudden they got a, they got to order. Yeah. And so I think that's a big part of it that that they're, uh, the cigar stores are restocking. I can't imagine how big of a task it is to keep a cigar store uh, humidor yeah. stocked. 
you e know? Even for us being a boutique manufacturer, you know, I'm ordering six and seven months out. Right. Because uh, you see the supply chain delays. Uh, they're literally, in some cases, running out of very aged tobacco. Wow. So you got to get your name on it, get it purchased, and get it into your production cycle early on, and you still may be waiting six, seven months. I was saying that it that it was you know something that would probably take a lot of skill and 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 intuition to be able to stock a humidor um, correctly. But then I realized, you know, Alan Denny does it, so it can't be that hard, you know? Yeah, he's probably got some directions written down somewhere. <laughs> he probably does. He just forgot where he put them. <laughs> Alan's so funny. We uh, we went to uh, the Renaissance Festival last weekend. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that because I saw some uh, pictures on Facebook. And, uh, like, before we even, like, we just got out of the car, and before we even started walking into the festival, he hands me a 7 by 70 cigar. Whoa. Because this is just to start the day. Oh, that's our man. Now, Ian, uh, perhaps you should explain to Darnell what your yearly um, you know, goal is when you go to the Renaissance. I, so I don't have do you been festival. to the Renaissance Festival? I have not. I've I been by there. I, I don't do it. So but, first but off, it is... Um, the largest one in the nation. Okay. So when I say it's big, it's insanely huge. I clocked in on my uh, on my phone. I clocked in seven miles just wandering around. Walking around. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's if that gives you an idea. And I didn't go back and forth a whole lot either. So, um, but it's insanely big. But every year, uh, my wife loves to, my dearly loves to go. We usually camp. We didn't. We did a day right. trip this year. But every year I go out there, and it's what I call my quest for the cloak of inebriation. This is what I like. And, and I love to go into the shop because they have shops where they sell cloaks. Yeah. And this lady tried to sell me a very talented green cloak that didn't have any inebriation to it. But apparently she was telling me it keeps you warm when you're cold. It keeps you dry when it's wet outside. And it keeps you cool when it's hot outside. I was like, well, that's very talented, but... That is not the cloak of inebriation. No, it's not what you're looking for. So I kept moving on. That's that's my yearly quest. I uh, I usually just just so you have a, 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 a an end to this tale. I usually end up finding it okay. towards the end of the day. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, almost every single time, uh, I, I I wake up the next day with a headache because someone's bashed me over the head and taken the cloak, I think. Yes, I think. I mean, that's the only thing I could put you together. You no longer have the cloak. I no longer have the cloak, but yeah. I have a headache. Yeah, so memories of it. That's got to be what happened. <laughs> so you don't have any physical possession from year to year. No, no, I don't think you get to keep it. I think I think you have to you have to work yourself into wearing it, and then you only get you only get to hold it for a while. Stormbreaker Brewing is based in Portland, Oregon. This is their uh, New Zealand-style Pilsner Lager called What We Brew in the Shadows. And Ian, I noticed from the uh, level of uh, of the uh, lager in your cup there that you may have already uh, begun your research. Do you remember what I was uh, telling you about what I wanted with this cigar? This is perfect. Oh, it certainly is. This is perfect. It's got uh, all that nice uh, biscuity kind of breadiness, and mm -hmm. then it finishes with a real crisp uh, hop snap that doesn't hurt the cigar in any way well, shape or form a, there's a breadiness to the cigar as well that's yeah the there's a little bit spice, of a yeah. uh, vibe to it feels like it opens it up a little bit mm-hmm i mean this is good this is i gotta show the uh can by the way here mm -hmm. to the camera so i'm gonna fortunately you have that wireless What's, mic so yes yes fortunately yeah. which side is it on this side go, uh, back up a little bit yeah i think there 
It's a it's a really good go. can. They've done a nice job on the label, and you know as as craft breweries have started doing you know more and more limited releases and and uh, everybody's there's so much more competition than there used to be. Some of them have gotten just incredibly creative with the artwork and so the, design of the. So what we do in the shadows, the movie originally was. Uh, a mockumentary. It's much like like Spinal Tap, but with vampires. You know, ah, right? So it's like these vampires, like their daily life in a modern world kind of thing, and the and the um, and the crews following around it. Absolutely hilarious. Absolutely watch it. It's got so so funny parts that will just have you crying. The uh, series that came after it is with different vampire characters, but kind of fitting the same mold. And they did such a great job on it. It's hilarious. But one of the vampires that they included in the series is uh, Colin Robinson. He's an emotional vampire. And his role is perfect. It's so funny. Uh, like, like just his... He's just kind of one of those characters that you go, yeah, that's... that's ex I know that guy. <laughs> well, uh, well, the beer obviously is a nod to uh, the series, so they must be fans of it at Stormbreaker. Yes. Yeah, this is, this is a fantastic beer. Lager with some uh, bite, hot bite, that is. Nelson Savan... Southern Cross and Waitiki, uh, Waii, Waiiti. Well, however you say it, W A I dash I T I Waiiti. Hops shine through in this tropical citrus and stone fruit expression. Premium German malts provide a smooth foundation for easygoing drinkability. So, this is this has got some malty backbone to it that I really enjoy, and that's where we're getting those kind of bready kind of. Uh, wonderful notes from it, but it's got that hop snap that finishes yeah. up really nice. It's it's uh, it's actually surprising. If I tasted the beer first, I wouldn't have necessarily thought about having a cigar. Right. But having this this particular cigar, I think, really works with this beer. Yeah, this yeah, is it really does four point nine percent, so pretty crushable. Mm. This is out of uh, Southern. And I thought I tasted citrus in it, and it opens up There's, the citrus. In this cigar. In the cigar. There's definitely a citrus, especially in the aftertaste and then that yeah. hop snap at the end. It's real clean. It's a bit hoppier than your typical uh, Pilsner, but it totally works. But the hop is in the middle of the palate. It's not way back in the end of the palate. It doesn't linger with hops. Mm -hmm. right. You taste the hoppiness. It has a crisp finish, but it doesn't linger with any kind of resinous hops or anything like that. Well, it's actually really nice. It, uh, it works well, and it works Really yeah. well, I think, with the cigar. Uh, Darnell, tell me, you mentioned that <coughs> you have a uh, you have a new line coming out. This will right. be your third line. Third so line. we know about the jazz. We know about your uh, original line. Tell us about what's coming and how soon it'll be here. Right. So we have Indulgence coming. It's uh, in a limited release. Uh, we wanted to test it in the market to see <coughs> if uh, it would uh, if it would take in the fall. Uh, so uh, it'll come out November 1st, roughly. Uh, we'll put it out in the marketplace. We'll release it online. So we're a week away. A week away. Mm -hmm. Just a week away. That's week exciting. Away. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I'll send you guys some. You know. Uh, yes, please. Uh, I'll smoke them. Yeah, I'll send you guys <laughs> some of these. And they, uh, we, we're hoping that it will do well. But, again, it's a lifestyle brand. You guys picked that up. And we're hoping that people will put it in their humidor. And when they go out on sporting events and nature hikes they'll take us with them in terms of uh of strength of the cigar how does it compare to the jazz so to the jazz it's going to be a little lighter it's going to be medium not not medium or i always like to say medium in the middle mm -hmm. it's going to be just kind of medium right there very a little bit lighter than the jazz okay okay 
the the jazz has just got so much complexity. I'm just I'm really, really pleasantly surprised at how much complexity you're getting at the strings level. Yeah. So it'll be real interesting to see what this one is uh, what, what this one is like. Yeah, we're hoping that I have a good flavor profile uh, with it, along with just being a very good cigar that we didn't want it to overpower. We we wanted to touch say uh, new smokers, beginners. So we thought indulgence would be our first take on maybe growing in mm -hmm. a, a group of, of individuals that's trying to find their way around cigars. Right. When, we like to say when they go on the journey and they're just testing cigars, we think this cigar will be one they'll lock on to while they touch stuff. So this is going to be one I'm going to highly recommend, much like the mm -hmm. others I mentioned earlier. Right. This will be definitely highly recommended. And, and the fact that you have, here's, here's what I get from a lot of beginning cigar smokers. Having a smaller size, and even though that's a little bit bigger ring gauge uh, in the uh, dizzy that you have over there, but having a smaller size is less intimidating because a lot of times when you bring out a, a cigar that's six and a half inches long, um, for, for a beginner, they only want to smoke a cigar for 20 or 30 minutes. Right. They really do. And I tell them when I give, when I give, the, uh, when I give them a cigar, they're like, oh, I won't smoke the whole thing. I'm like, that's okay. I gave it to you. You do what you want with do it what now. you want. Right. And it's okay if you only smoke half. You're not going right. to hurt my feelings. But, but it's nice to have those smaller ring gauges because they're a little less, or smaller sizes because they're a little less intimidating. Exactly. When, right. you're, uh, when you're a new smoker and you want right. to try cigars, right. you know, they're not only going to be a slightly lower price due to the size, but they're right. going to be something that uh that you don't think okay i have to commit to a nine inch cigar you know right so where do you uh, where did you go for tobacco for for this new, new blend so we went um to nicaragua again mm -hmm. uh, we worked with our um, our same blender before to come up with this cigar and so we're hoping that um again we were targeting kind of the new introduction to the cigar world and give them something light and and like you were um you were saying ian give them a size like we've got some robustos mm -hmm. we're uh we're looking at some coronas style something that's not as large so it won't be intimidating uh maybe like the miles of 56 by six and a half uh, a lot of cigar to smoke a lot of tobacco yeah as i get into the second third on this uh it just is leaving a wonderful uh, sort of a tang on the tongue and that might be enhanced a little bit by the uh by the Stormbreaker. But uh, it's just it's just a really pleasant experience. The the smoke is really uh, big and silky, right. and then when you exhale, you just have a wonderful sort of I, I hate the word aftertaste because that that sounds like something negative. Uh, but what it would leave the finish. I would say a lingering cedar dryness. There you go. That's that is exactly fantastic. What, much <laughs> like like the kind of dryness you get from a from a um, from a wine, but. But cedar instead of oak, it's really, it's really nice. It's really I refer to it right. as, as the Doritos effect. Does this now? This one you said these sat in your humidor for a while. Does this cigar come off the shelf with that cedariness, or did that pick yeah. up some from the? It comes off humidor? the shelf with that cedariness in it, and so uh, the ones that we that I have are probably only four or five months older than maybe what the general public can get, and in and in most cases they can get it too, because it just depends on how fast the cigar shop is moving their product. Right. Plus, they can also leave it in the humidor. Getting down to the halfway yeah. point on this cigar, uh, mm -hmm. which I'm just about to, it's also picking up a little more chocolatey at the back of the palate. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. It really is. Um, I think that uh, uh, one of the things that is hardest for me to do 
is to let my cigars age in the humidor. Yes. Because I have a tendency to just want to smoke them. Right. Know? So <laughs> I actually had really good luck doing that before COVID. Yeah, I COVID. Had, I remember you were emptying your humidor. You got, uh, at this cigar lounge, they actually have my exact humidor out there on the shelf. Do it's they? The, the cabinet with the four drawers. Okay. It's the exact one I have, and underneath the bottom drawer is space to put your humidifier elements. And each drawer in that thing holds 13 cigars side side, and you can do two rows. So you get four drawers that will hold a minimum of 26 cigars each, and then you can put some cigars behind if they're not very long. So it will hold well over 100 cigars. And I had that going on (laughs) because I even bought a second humidor to stick on top of it, just a box, uh, to put my, you know, run over in. Right. And then COVID came along. Yeah. And I smoked all of them. (laughs) Well, and that that may have something to do with the fact that excuse me, that cigar shipments are up this year. Because not only did cigar stores probably order more conservatively during the pandemic, just trying to make sure they were being careful and not, you know, overextending themselves until they saw how this was going to play out. But people did what you did. They smoked through what they had. And now it's like, wow, my humidor is empty. i got to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that's a... that's probably responsible. I used to have it beautifully sorted where one drawer was all super premiums, you right. know, and some of them have been in there for a few years, right? you know, and then, and then some of the other ones are down there, and then my top box was, like, more for my lawnmowers and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know? <laughs> you know. <laughs> what happens to me when my humidor starts to get emptier is I find that I'm left with only lawnmowers and super premium. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Because they're the ones that I'm like, oh, I, no. you know, I'll look at the lawnmowers and go, oh, I want yeah. a better cigar than that today. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and then I look at the super premiums and go, well, maybe I'll wait for a little right. more of a special occasion. Exactly. And so it's the ones in the middle right. that are the ones I smoke more yeah. often. Long about July or early August of last year, I was smoking $20, $20 cigars on the regular because that's what <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Things you've been saving for a while. Guess what? That was a special occasion. So, so you might you might as well. Well, we tell our customers buy <laughs> buy a ten count, and then just tattoo up somewhere and hide them from yourself. Mm-hmm. Try to get the thirty days. Yeah. Then get the sixty. Yeah. And then every time you smoke one and you get that great feeling, you're motivated to get three months, four to, months. To, to let them go a little longer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely right. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We have a shorter segment here, but we are going mm-hmm. to try this uh, Pompeii IPA from uh, Toppling Goliath. Of course, IPAs are kind of notorious for not cooperating with cigars as well. So we'll see how this one does. So, but, so uh, every once in a while they work. This, yep. this one, though, was an absolute this hit. Is, this is yeah, wonderful with cigars. Great and, with the cigars. And I'll just mention, too, because it's out uh, and it's on store shelves where we are, the um, St. Arnold Oktoberfest is one of the best cigar-pairing beers I've ever come across. It just seems to go with everything. There are three from Houston, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to back up what you say. San Arnold Oktoberfest, 11 Below Oktoberfest mm-hmm. is brilliant. 11 Below. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, Eureka Heights, it's called Von Wolfhausen. Von Wolfhausen, yes. It's the one with the... With uh, the little the, pretzel-looking yeah, uh-huh, dude, kind of uh-huh. German-looking yep. dude on there. And yep. it is... Fan- All three of those are the, in the same style. And they're so good and pair well with cigars. I'll mention, and I was going to bring this on the show, and then I drank it. Uh, but I had another really These things good, happen. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always a, you know, whenever I bring home some beers, or my wife sometimes will bring me home a nice little six-pack assortment from, uh, from the mix and match at, uh, at HEB, 
Uh, I'm always, I always, you know, I'm looking at them. It's always, we call it the unveiling. Uh, when she gets home, we put the groceries away. And she drapes a towel over the six-pack of beer. <laughs> and then we do the unveiling at the end. Uh, and I go, ooh, what did they get? So it's, so it's always kind of like Christmas, you know? And uh, But I'll pull them out, and I'll go, ooh, that'd be a great one for the show. Ooh, that'd be a great one for the show. Ooh, that'd be a great one for the show. And so I put all these beers in my little beer fridge, and then over the next, you know, week, I drink them all. Yes. And then I have to go back and like, get oh, another no, can. We of need it. show beers. Yeah. But I, I was going to mention I had... You know, legal brewing, uh, the ones that all their beers are named something that has to do with lawyers or the law. I uh, guess they must have been lawyers before they started the brewery. Uh, they released one that I had for the first time this year. I don't know if it's new or, or if I just missed it before. But it's called Lawtoberfest, L-A-W. Lawtoberfest. Lawtoberfest. And uh, it was fantastic. Really enjoyed that. So I, I'll just throw that one out there. All right, uh, let's take a break. We will come back. We'll do this IPA. And we'll talk a little more about uh, Emperor's Cut and where where you guys are headed. What's what's uh, what's the future going to be for you beyond this next release? So we'll get to that coming up. It's smoking and toasting, and we are live at Presidential Cigars in Spring, Texas. And we'll be right back. Cheers, y'all. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer. Fine Spirits and Hand Rolled Cigars, show number 256. We're live from Presidential Cigars with Darnell Street from Emperor's Cut. And uh, we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. Yes. Um, so we have talked, we've never actually done a tasting of it on the show, but we've talked quite a lot about Conor McGregor's whiskey. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's, you know, look, it's it's been sort of widely panned by uh, whiskey experts and, and critics, and uh, anyone that I have talked to who's had it has said the same thing. Yeah, it's okay, but it's not great. And uh, so that's kind of just become a thing. And uh, it, despite that, he sold the whiskey recently for like millions of dollars. He just made a killing on it, which I guess he probably needed because I don't think he got... The winner's purse from that last fight. I don't think no. so. <laughs> so, yeah. so. So he may have uh, he may have he may have needed it, but in any case, it's been out for three years now, and the name of the whiskey is about to have to change, and what it's actually called is Conor McGregor's Proper Number Twelve Irish Whiskey, and it'll knock you out. Something about that is going to have to change. It's got punch. The Irish Whiskey Association. And there is such a thing. How do you get a job at the Irish? It'll Whiskey? wrestle your taste buds to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop now. Let's see what's happening. It'll leave you on the floor of the octagon. <laughs> That's right. uh, the Irish Whiskey Association has proposed amendments to the regulations that govern Irish whiskey, trying to give producers greater clarity and flexibility. And if this uh, goes through, uh, Connor will have to change the name of his whiskey, or the people who now own it will. According to the new proposals, the labeling, packaging, advertising, or promotion of an Irish whiskey must not include a reference to any number, however expressed. Uh, if ref if uh, the reference to that number could create a likelihood of confusion on the part of the public as to whether it relates to the maturation period of the Irish whiskey, its age, or when it was distilled. So they at least may have to drop the proper number 12 
from the name of the whiskey. It's funny because I've known the name of that whiskey forever, and I never once thought that 12 was like the age of the whiskey. It, 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 it has never even occurred to me. Yeah. It, it, well, I don't know that it But did. I could see how it I could see how that could happen, yeah. but it's never occurred to me to think that's a 12-year-old whiskey. But it whiskey. doesn't say 12-year. It just says proper number 12. Right, like old number been, 7. Could or, have been blend number 12, right, you know? Right, uh, yeah. Cast number 12, you know? Yeah. It uh, could, could refer to a lot of things. But anyway, uh, Conor McGregor may have to change the name of the whiskey, uh, but he won't go down without a fight. So, <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to go there. So Proper number 12. It'll fight you all the way in, turn around and fight you all the way out. Kick you to the ground. My Lord, tonight's the night you fight your dad. <laughs> all right. Um, I really have a great deal of admiration for Toppling, Toppling Goliath Brewery. Uh, I've had a number of their IPAs. We've had uh, several of their beers on the show. And this one is one I have not had before. This is called Pompeii. And it's not a double. It's just a standard IPA. And let's see what we think. I'm interested to see what you think about this. Have you tasted it yet? I have. Um, and I'm interested to see what you think about it because I have some thoughts. It is quite hoppy. This India Pale Ale is brewed with the same attention to detail uh, as the beautiful mosaics that grace the walls of the prominent buildings in the city of Pompeii. It features mango <coughs> and pineapple, hop flavors with a medium-bodied feel to tantalize the senses. I get the uh, mango and pineapple. Yeah, I do. I can pull both of those out of there. It strikes me as more of a West Coast IPA. It does. With the hop, uh, uh, the hop sensations being a little more bitter, a little less tempered by the uh, by the citrus, and that generally works against your cigar. I love West Coast IPAs, but if I'm going to have a cigar, I have a tendency to go with something, maybe something juicier, something that I know won't, you know, start a battle between the hops and the tobacco. Um, I, I like it, Ian. Uh, it's not quite as balanced as some of the things that are my favorite. But if I'm looking for that style, that flavor, that West Coast uh, punch, um, I think it's pretty good. Uh, what are your thoughts? I'm guessing this is an IPA that's less up your alley. I think this IPA is brilliant. Really? Absolutely you brilliant. You surprised me, sir. Because it is the weirdest combination of mango and malt that I've ever tasted. <laughs> yeah. And it works. It works well, and it doesn't leave you with a bitter aftertaste. It's a sweet beer. I, you know, I generally like beers that are a little sweeter overall. Mm -hmm. um, and this is like the IPA equivalent of a porter, if you, if you ask if you wanted That's me to compare it. Wow. It's bigger. It's not a double IPA, mm -hmm. but it's got this huge body, this huge mouthfeel, this really nice sweetness, and a finish that's clean enough to leave me wanting another sip. I mm. think it's brilliant. Mm. Well, you surprised me because I thought, with it being more of a West Coast profile, those have a tendency to be the IPAs that I see that you don't like as well. That and, and all that is true, and I'm surprised that I like it as much as I do as well. And it could also be partly the cigar influence with the bits of citrus that I get from the cigar, mm -hmm. with the uh, with the sweetness I get from the cigar, a little chocolate from the cigar as well, could be tamping that down. But I got to tell you, I, this is good. Well, you know, I say that you're less a fan of the West Coast stuff, but then I know that you love a lot of Stones IPAs, and they are very West Coast in their presentation. Well, but they are the you. West Coast. <laughs> they are I mean, they, they really kind of set the standard. Um, 
they really kind of set the standard for the West Coast, and everyone tried to follow that. To me, the the sort of West Coast IPAs that stand out as being the <coughs> standard that you're talking about are Stone, and even though they're not on the West Coast, Dogfish Head. Um, yeah. The Dogfish Head, uh, 60 minute, 90 minute, and if you want to really get crazy, the 120. I uh, love the 120. <laughs> those are just, right. they're, they're sensational. The uh, but they are definitely hot forward. And the 90 minute is one of the best mm. best versions of IPA that exists. I mm -hmm. think that uh, I think between the 90 minute IPA and Stone, that those are top of the craft when you're talking about a West Coast style um, IPA. This is fantastic. This is yeah. sweet. This really because is good. I, how are yeah. you feeling about this one? I'll tell you what it's done for me. It's actually bring out the more earthiness of the cigar for me. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. I, I sipped on it a little bit, and I rolled it around, and I smoked, and just like I got citrus from the last um, beer, I'm getting more earth tones on my palate. That's it's a fun experience to pair them, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And and like we said, sometimes it doesn't work, especially with IPAs. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, it's actually I was worried when I took the first drink of it that the hop forwardness of it would. But struggle a little before bit with you the take cigar, a sip, but it really does. Put that to your nose. This smells hoppier than it tastes. You're right about that. Like it smells big and floral and fruity, and then you taste it, and it's got that big fruity mango sweetness. Yeah. But it's got a malty backbone that that really rounds out the flavor. Has I, think. A little, so I don't know. Has a little snap on the end that kind of uh, that kind of keeps that from lingering as much. I, I'm. Uh, I'm for it. You want to show that can? The more it warms up, the more I like it, too, actually. And you're like that with a lot of beers. I'm, I'm the cold beer guy. I, I want little flecks of ice floating on the top of my beer. Me That's too. how I Me like too. it. But Ian is, is a more proper, proper. Uh, beer uh, guy and likes his beers to warm up a little well, bit. Well, there are beers that go, like, super ice cold is great. The thing about, the thing about ice cold and beer, and ice cold with any thing is that the the cold tends to uh, mask certain flavors yeah which is why if you take for instance um a coors light which has conveniently an early warning system on a can <laughs> yeah, <sir>. right <laughs> does the volcano change colors <laughs> i don't think so i don't think it does i, don't think no, so. I think that, that would be cool. the same. yeah they're just not as high tech yes yeah, as, as um, coors but uh, but a Coors Light even, and I'm going to say this straight out, if you drink it, if you just pulled it out of an ice chest that's been sitting there for a few hours and the ice is just starting to get soupy and you, like, it freezes your hand to pull that out of there and you crack that beer open and drink it, it's drinkable. It's fine. I think out Like, at that coldness, almost anything. Right, right. Well, I think <laughs> will be fine. I think Outcast said it best. What's better than being cool? Ice cold. Ice cold. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he was iced tea and not lukewarm tea. Right, right? <laughs> if he'd been, been lukewarm tea, oh, there's no way he'd be on TV every week. Little pieces of ice. Nobody <laughs> right, but, um, <laughs> No, but the, the There's lots of Lil's, though, you know? <laughs> little pieces of ice <laughs> might work. <laughs> so, um, I don't remember that. So, but the bottom line is that cold, <laughs> that cold mass flavors, and I like to taste it when the flavors blossom a little bit, you know? Right. And, and they do that at, instead of at ice cold, uh, when they get to be about 45 degrees a lot of times, which has just been sitting in your glass for 10 minutes around here for five if you're outside. Right. Uh, but about 45 degrees, I find that those flavors, those, those bigger 
rounder flavors start to blossom a little bit. Yeah. And that's where yeah. I really like it. Well, I, I remember we were talking about Stone. I just wanted to mention, I first discovered Stone, you know, back when I was single and I would just go out and look for new and interesting places to drink, which I still do, even though I'm not single. But, uh, but uh, I remember I discovered a, a bar on uh, Westheimer in Houston in the Montrose called Anvil. Oh, yeah. And Anvil's best known because they're just absolutely insane about cocktails. Yes. They, they will, you know, use uh, guava juice that's imported from, you know, the tropical rainforest. and they are and, and authentic fresh craft fruit. Right. They, they're, they're just nuts about it, right? But they also had this row of taps. No uh, decorative tap handles. Just a row of taps with wooden handles. And numbers. And, and numbers. And then a big chalkboard up, the, up where they have different ones. And I noticed when I went in there for the first time, they had a number of different IPAs. And I said, uh, I, I looked up at the chalkboard. I said, oh, Stone IPA. I've never tried that. I'll try one of those. And they brought that beer to me. And it was like. Like a light bulb goes yeah. on. Yeah. I was like, wow. So they, And they had several different stones. So I worked my way through. All of wow. them, and and they change their taps all the time. So I was able yeah. to try the first four or five different stones, and then I started finding them in the store, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Uh, but but back to the uh, Toplin Goliath Pompeii, ab actually works with the cigar. It does. And that's uh, that's a, that's a pretty that's pretty high praise for that's, any IPA. That's a rare one with an IPA. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna uh, ask. Um, uh, someone from here at Presidential Cigars to come and chat with us a little bit about their humidor. Chris, they, right? Chris, Chris. Yeah, right. Chris. So Chris will join us in the next segment. Uh, plus, we still have drinking news to come up. And, uh, oh, uh, by the way, the, this, uh, this story about the rum maker in Venezuela, I want to share this with you guys. I thought it was just a really cool story about how they're, you know, doing something positive in a country that's, you know, struggling a little bit with... Uh, with, with all of the violence and stuff that's going on there. So, uh, so we'll get to that. And, of course, we're not that far away now from Drinking News. So we'll be Drinking right News back. coming up. It is smoking and toasting. We are back at Smoking and Toasting. We are live from Presidential Cigars in Spring, Texas. And we are uh, enjoying, and, and I do mean enjoying, Truly uh, enjoying. Cigars from Emperor's Cut. These are these are just uh, absolutely absolutely terrific. The jazz series, uh, you've got the miles, mm -hmm. I've got the uh, uh, the train, and, and the, the Chris little over one. Here. Chris is about to light up a dizzy. A dizzy. <laughs> about to light it up. Uh, Chris uh, from Presidential Cigars, welcome to the show, and thank you for letting us uh, camp out on your couches here, which are very comfortable, by the way, uh, and, uh, and 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 do the program. We are. Uh, we're back here for the second time, it was, it, but it's been a number of years ago that we were here. Um, tell us about what has happened, what's changed, how have things been for a cigar shop in uh, Spring, Texas uh, across the pandemic and, and now as things have opened back up a little bit. How has that stuff affected you guys? Have you, been, uh, have you, have you sold more? Have you sold less? How, is it, how has it affected business? So for us, uh, during the pandemic, I was being a pretty much a members-only uh, lounge. Uh, it didn't really affect our members coming in to smoke, mm -hmm. but it did affect us in the bottom line in sales because sure. we wasn't open to the public at the time. Okay, so, so you right. spent a, a length of time then where uh, the general public couldn't 
come in and shop. Is that right? That's correct. And how long did that last? Uh, that lasted for about nine months. That's a long time. Wow. Yeah. Ouch. That's a long time. Yeah. So, um, so when you were able to open the doors to the general public again, um, was it a rush of business or did it kind of trickle back in slowly? How did, how did people respond? Surprisingly, uh, when we reopened, we gained a bunch of walk-in customers. Really? That's uh, interesting. So business actually picked up because people wasn't smoking a lot during the pandemic or mm -hmm. they had started smoking a lot right. and ordering online mm -hmm. and now they were able to come in locally and pick up their cigars so we the you, floodgates kind of opened up for us yeah, right after the opening, pandemic uh, or, or shopping online has its points but you can't just go try a whole handful of random cigars that you pick out on your own right and that's that's a much cooler thing to do at a shop and then you right. start making a making a relationship with the people at your shop and that yeah that the, the online that. spots have some interesting sampler packs, but my experience has been if there's five cigars in a sampler pack, there's three really good ones and two that I would have never bought. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's the formula. <laughs> and, and that's, and that's, that's, that's how they're able to make it, you know, exactly. uh, be a, a decent price or whatever. It's like, oh, wow. You're going to pay for it. That's pretty, that's yeah. pretty good. I'm getting that... Uh, I'm getting that uh, that Ashton VSG for a really good price in this thing, but you're also getting. But a, now you uh, have the Victor Sinclairs. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so we talk about this a lot on the show, actually. That you know, online is is great, but we really encourage our listeners, our viewers, to support their local tobacco shops because it's just it's so important. First of all, there are some cigars. Aladinos come to mind. Uh, that you can only get at, uh, at at a cigar retailer. They don't. They don't. Yeah, there's a whole JFR line. Well, there's, yeah. uh, uh -huh. there's quite a few and, of them. Yeah. And but but secondly, it's you guys that are kind of on the front lines of this thing. Is is the way I I see it. You're out there. You're you're taking chances on, you know, new cigars that you decide to stock. You're you're you know paying for the retail space to have us be able to just come in whenever we want and try something new and there's there's something that I, I feel like is just apart from even the the great thing about keeping the money in your local community uh, there's there's just something great about supporting what you guys do and and it's it's something it, when I shop for cigars online hey you click here and you click there but it's nothing like that experience of walking into the humidor here at presidential cigars and just that moment of, of kid in a candy store sort of feeling when you uh, when you look around and see everything and you start looking for cigars you haven't tried before that's that's just not something online can replicate in my opinion and then there's the camaraderie being able to talk to exactly somebody right. about it exactly to, you can't uh, beat that and you bring up a great point uh, the same cigar that we're smoking right now that we're all smoking now Empress Cut that cigar was birthed right here in this lounge that's so in it's not online at your big box store, Cigar right. International, right. JR, and all that stuff there. So you have to come to the mom and pop shop around Houston to uh, be able to get it. And it's grown. It's grown in popularity. It's grown in quality. And it's a very, very good smoke. But all that happened because people came into the lounge. We recommended it to them. We were able to talk to them. And we were able to yeah. talk to them. We, they were able to get it. And now it's doing its own thing. You, you know, know? W when I look at a cigar online at one of those uh, places that I haven't tried before, 
I might read the little write-up, but every write-up on there says the cigar is fantastic. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's different from being able to talk to somebody, from coming in to, to talk to Chris and say, hey, this is what I like. Is this the kind of, is this the kind of cigar that's, that, that's going to be in my wheelhouse, too? Or, or, or what do you recommend that is? Right. That's just something you, you just can't get online. Exactly. There is no algorithm that can do that. You're right. and you know what I mean? It's also true that when you come into a cigar shop, they are just trying to sell you cigars. But there's a, there's a thing about that. It's their job to sell you a cigar, but they want you to buy a cigar that you like right. because they want you to come back. They're not going to sell you That's a cigar right. just because they have some cheapies over here or they're trying to make money on these cigars. They're going to sell you something that when you tell them what you like, here's the profile I like, here's what I recommend. They want you to come back and try more cigars or buy more of those cigars. They're not just trying to sell you anything. I promise that. So our motto here at Presidential Cigars is membership has its privileges. Mm -hmm. Okay, but that extends beyond membership that extends right. to all our customers and guests as well so when we, when a person comes in the president of cigar we want them to feel special and if we don't have it for them we will recommend something something that's in that's that, comparable so, to yeah. what they actually came in to look for so you mentioned the the thing about membership i know uh, a handful of people who are members here that come and and uh, frequent this the member cigar lounge and one of the things i've noticed is that they are everybody that's a member of a lounge anywhere is somewhat passionate about their place right but that seems to be even more so about about you guys cigar lounge and, and i'm not sure how you how you did that you know like like what did you do that made them feel something something about the guys that i've talked to that are members here <laughs> that there's just a sense that they Sort of that this is their place that they found this this place where they really belong. And again, that's that's not completely unique to to you guys, but it just seems a little stronger. Is it? Am I am I making any sense here? No, it's it, it really is. <laughs> it's like a family. Uh, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It, it's it's like a family here. Yeah. And we try to create that family atmosphere. Like you, if you were smoking on your back patio, mm -hmm. this is the vibe that we try to create here at Presidential Cigar where we have people, like-minded people, we all enjoy cigars, we all enjoy sports, we all enjoy talking about other stuff, life things, our kids, or whatever is going on. And I think that within itself has created the atmosphere that where it kind of draws people to I, presidential I, cigar I think, and it I keeps think, our members coming back year I think you're year. right. And there's a certain sense, you know, we see it on, on in the movies and on TV, centered around the barbershop where people go to the barbershop but it's not just for haircuts it's just right. it's to to hang out and right. you know talk to guys about sports and and what you know whatever news whatever is going on and there's a real sense of that uh, at at cigar lounges as well except you also get to smoke cigars right. <laughs> which is which is a big a big plus you know and plus plus you don't need a haircut that right. often so exactly. you know it's uh, uh i think it's uh it's a it's a better version of the barbershop, you know, in in terms of that. But one of the things we love to talk about is that um, when you go into a really great cigar lounge like what you guys have here, and there's guys sitting around smoking, something about the brotherhood of the leaf, if I can borrow that term, uh, just I, I don't know. It's like this wonderful equalizer. You'll have you know a guy who runs a you know multi million dollar business sitting next to a guy that you know drives a delivery truck right. and on the other side there's maybe a politician but 
But it's not about what makes everybody different right. somehow in the cigar lounge. It's not about, you, you'll hear some crazy discussions, but you don't hear a lot of arguments in the cigar lounge. Mostly people are talking about what they have in common. Right. And in this country right now, we have such a need for people to find what they have in common with each other right. and not keep you're trying to emphasize right. what's different. And when you're in a cigar lounge, you know, you may vote for that guy, I may vote for this guy, but we both love to talk about we what both we're smoking. Both picked up a cigar. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right. And we both love to talk about what we're smoking and talk about the things that we have in common. And to me, that's something that I've discovered in cigar lounges that you don't necessarily find, not even, even in bars it isn't the same. No. You know? yeah. uh, there's something about the cigar lounge that everybody just wants to chill, right. enjoy that cigar, and and have good conversation. Well, I think there's there's clear clues when you go into a cigar lounge. There's clear clues. First off, if you want to go into a cigar lounge, you want to find a spot and get some work done. You probably have headphones on, and you probably got your computer in front of you. You're probably a little apart from everyone. Everyone else, though, I mean, they're in a social situation. Some people that go to a bar go there to get drunk. Right. And just do that, you know. Right. Some people go to a bar, go there, pick up uh, girls or whatever. When you go to a cigar lounge, you're going there to chill and hang out. Right. You know? And there's definitely, like, if you're if you're going there to get work done, you know, you look like that guy over there getting work done. That's fine. Leave right. that guy alone, but everyone else goes sit around. And it's many times where it's not a bunch of clicks a lot of times. You know, there's a big open common area of seat, and somebody will yep. just come up and sit at the couch right over here. And everyone starts talking, you know. One of the things we say, if you're new, if, if one of us invites you to come over, if you don't get a cigar and a drink, you're in the wrong space. Do we, oh, he's got one. Okay. We we'll say you're in the wrong building. If, if you come over here to meet somebody and you don't get a cigar and a drink, we we'll say you're in the wrong building. <laughs> because like there's I not like a that. chance if you mention a member's name and they're not here, you're waiting on them, and somebody didn't offer you a cigar and a drink. You're in the wrong place. You're not at presidential. <laughs> By the way, I also want to uh, mention that after the first time I was here, and I talked to your guys about this rabbit air, which there's one of them on the uh, wall behind me, I wound up buying one of those for my house. And I don't smoke inside, but I do smoke on my uh, balcony area. And I have a tendency, so I'm talking about my setup here, I have a tendency to sit outside on the balcony with a cigar, but I leave the sliding glass door open and I can tilt my television just enough to watch the game or a movie or whatever while I'm sitting outside and I have a little remote speaker I can bring playing. So I'm set. But some of that smoke's going to come into the house right. because I've got the door open. And this thing is wonderful. It just totally does the job and the house doesn't smell like right. smoke the next day. And it's... Uh, uh, so I found out about this from you guys. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, those rabbit airs work pretty good in small spaces, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. stuff yep. like that. Or if you gotta, you just creating your little man cave in a garage. And yeah, now obviously, obviously the wife don't want you to smoke. Right. The smoke to come in a house, you can hang up your rabbit air in the garage, and you know winter months are coming, and it may be a little chilly. Yeah, but... 55 <laughs> degrees, but uh, you can sit out there and smoke comfortably. Yeah. And, and it'll clear the garage out and you don't have to worry about the smoke getting into your car right, or anything right. like that. Now, obviously, in the bigger area, you've got the professional ventilation system. Yeah, that's correct. So where we're yeah. sitting in the lounge right now, this is a separate little room. Uh, and this would be like if you had a meeting or a gathering right. or something. 
that you wanted to sit down and discuss. This is a great little room. This is the same room we were in last time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's such a nice little area. And you got the nice windows up front, so you got sunlight coming in. You don't feel like you're in a cave. It's really nice. Right. Yeah. It, it, well, the, the lounge itself is is a deception when you walk up to the door. And all you when you walk in, all you see is the humidor. Right. And you're like, well, they told me this is a lounge here. And then the lounge is much bigger when than they the come in. Right when they come in on the other side, it's like, wow. Now you walk into this giant lounge, and then we have these other rooms. We also have a, a full game room in the back. We have a conference room on the other side that's about the same size of the room we're sitting in right now where <clears throat> we do have a bunch of uh, members that right. work from home. They'll come over here and sit here and work all day. Yeah, this is the office. We offer, <laughs> we offer Wi-Fi to all our members. Right, right. So we don't have an issue with people coming in and breaking out their laptops and working. And, then and, and you're absolutely right. From outside, it just looks like a one little spot um, cigar shop. And you open the door, and it's a small cigar shop with a, a few uh, seats right up front. So if you're not a member, I'm assuming you can sit there and chill. And then you've got your humidor, but... When you walk into the lounge, the lounge is far bigger than the shop. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. It's yeah. very cool. It's, uh, it, it's, it's great, too, because there's so many people that live in this area. Right. And for them to have to drive you know, into town to right. go to a cigar lounge, it just kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. So you've got people that are, that are really close to home and, and, uh, and set up their, set up their uh, office. I, was, I was, we call it the office number two. You know, uh, I'm yep. headed to office number two. Number two. <laughs> I also like the uh, the feel of you have a few TVs around the lounge, but they're not the focal point of the lounge. It's not like a sports bar. And I see you know? a lot of lounges that are just covered in TVs everywhere. And that, that to me, kind of takes away because then you end up, even unintentionally, you end up <laughs> staring at the TV a lot instead of right. chatting yeah. with the people exactly. next to you. Those well, we're a cigar lounge first. Right. right. And just... So happen we have TVs so you can watch sports and right, other entertainment right. while you're sitting here. Most of the times the TVs are in here unless it's on a Saturday for college football, mm -hmm. Sunday for NFL. You know the TVs are on mute mm -hmm. and it's just playing. Yeah. Right. You know just for something you to glance up at. But we want the focus to be on smoking cigars, <coughs> dialecting across the room with somebody else, and like you say, that commonality is a cigar. So let's have break the ice and and be able to talk yeah back and forth absolutely i think the last time we were here too uh, <laughs> our local representative mr cagle gave us a cigar i see his name all the time i go ride my mountain bike uh over in the, uh the trails over off of uh uh, Cypress Creek and over he's at Meyer Park over that way. It's it's actually Hundred Acre Woods, but yeah, yeah. and then he's got like it, you know, Representative Jack Cagle on the sign out there and everything like that. It's always, yeah. It's always he's nice. one. He's one of our members here. Yeah, so he's always here. Isn't that where Christopher Robin and yes. Lisa <laughs> yes, yeah. I thought so. One of the things I love that what Chris will do for me and my team, he'll they'll leave with my cigar sometimes, and they say, "Well, he's a member here. You wanted to meet him." Oh, that's, that's very cool. That's yeah. very cool yeah. to be able to shake someone's hand. And uh, a guy came in one night. He was a musician. He plays in Houston all the time. And he was sitting across from me. We, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And I handed him Empress Cut Cigar. He was like, I know you. You know. And he <laughs> wanted me to sign a box. He told his wife. And I said, yeah, this keeps you going. That's right. <laughs> that's that's awesome. You're absolutely right. So we're going to sample a tequila here. And I mentioned this uh, early in the show. We had several months ago the Addictivo 
uh, Añejo tequila. And I got talked into this bottle uh, earlier this week at Specs, and the guy did a really good job of selling me on it. Uh, but he says this is completely different from the, uh, from the Añejo that we had before, even though it's the same company, uh, a similar bottle. Um, I, I haven't taken a sip yet, but on the nose, what, it's this almost is like a, sher a sherry or a, a cognac. Uh, yeah, it's rich. Note. It yeah, has rich it, it has a little of those qualities. It also has kind of a um, hard candy kind of aftertaste to it, mm -hmm. in kind of a good way. Like uh, you know the uh, the little lozenges, the um, right. root beer flavored lozenges. Yeah. those kind of things have that one particular flavor. This has a little bit of that that brown sugar. Yes. Kind of thing going on in the background. What it it's, doesn't have is a very distinct sense of a, of uh, agave. It doesn't right. have a very that distinct sense of tequila. If you said it was tequila, yeah. right? I might. Yeah, I'd have a hard time guessing. I'd have a hard time guessing that it was tequila. It, it and that's interesting because I don't know if I've ever had a tequila before. Even something like the Reserva de la Familia um, is. It, it's got so much complexity and so many things going on. But you still know there's agave. So there. right. if you this take, one, I'm not sure. If you take a sip, and then you let it spread all the way around the outside of your tongue, and then you take this nice, uh, smooth intake of breath, you get that uh, that uh, peppery tequilaness from it. Mm -hmm. But if you're just taking a straight sip and you're not letting it get the whole palate, right. it doesn't really have a super tequila taste to it. I'll tell you what it does do. It works really, really well. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you may have found like like the uh, the cigar um, slash tequila combo for this. Yeah, yeah. that's it's very good. It doesn't pair, pair very well. It is it is expensive. It's right at about $100. That's pricey. So, uh, and just for comparison, the Skelly, which is one of my uh, favorites, the Skelly Añejo, is 50 to 60 for their top end. The uh, Reserva de la Familia, which is the best tequila I've ever had, is now at about 140. It has, a, it has such a, that sugary taste in it really kind of is evolving. And, and now I'm getting that, that that really raw cane sugar kind of almost. Uh, cane, yeah. cane sugar or, and, a little, and a little cinnamon too. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, mm. That's incredibly good. That's such a different tequila that I say, if you want to show off something completely different, that's a bottle to yeah. go for. If, if you have someone, you know, over for a party or whatever, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I don't do tequila," because I find everyone yeah. has a tequila story, yeah. unless they don't drink, and even right. some who d don't drink yeah. have a tequila story yeah. that might be the reason that. They <laughs> don't. Uh, but but uh, everybody seems to have a tequila story, and I find that a, a lot of times, if you've got someone over as a guest, or they go, "Oh, I don't do tequila." Right. Uh, Something else. This is a good one to uh, this is a good one to offer them because it it won't give them memories of that night in college. Is it a, yeah. a, a aged tequila? <clears throat> yes, it is, and I believe that it's aged in uh, sherry cask. That's yes. what I thought. It, so, yeah. I was going to say that's, that's, yeah. that's a sherry taste to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a tequila drinker, but yeah. I can drink that. Yeah, Some of that sweet and oakiness that you get in the in the flavor mm -hmm. a little bit. Now the uh, the añejo. This is the extra añejo. The Añejo that we had several months back didn't have any of that sherry uh, vibe, that sort of almost fruitiness to it. It was a very good Añejo, but it was yeah. and, and substantially less expensive. But it was uh, it was not uh, it didn't have that. There's almost a fruitiness, almost like a wine. You know, and yeah. sherry is a wine okay. technically, yeah. but uh, but you get just a little bit of that vibe to it. It's 
It's great. really quite good. It is. I, I dig it. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for drinking news. Yeah. And we'll uh, have that coming up. Uh, we are live from Presidential Cigars in spring. Uh, and Darnell Street is here with us from Emperor's Cut Cigars. And we are really enjoying I, I don't know. Yours was longer than mine. But we're at about the same place. Oh, you've been talking a lot. Yeah, I've been know, going at this cigar. Out. This cigar is fantastic. I have I have had to relight because I was uh, doing too much talking, and I will say I, there has been zero relight penalty on this cigar, which is another my important point. thing to know. All because right. I've had some really great cigars that if you know the phone rings or something, right. and you put it down, and then you come back, you're like, oh man, you know, right. it's not, <laughs> it just got a little harsh on the relight. That did not happen here. Right. Not at all. So. Uh, another big thumbs up for uh, right. uh, for the jazz. All right, we'll be right back. Drinking news is next. It's smoking and toasting live from Presidential Cigars, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. What a show we're live live for uh, our two hundred and fifty sixth episode. All right, uh, and we are at. Uh, a wonderful place. I, I just love this lounge, by the way. And, and I, I love the room that we're in, but the other one is like amazing with all the the uh, light fixtures and like the way that it looks. Right. It's just a it's just a really it's a place that manages to be opulent and comfortable at the same time, which is a pretty good trick, actually. Uh, so anyway, we're glad to be here, and of course, uh, Darnell Street is with us uh, from Emperor's Cut Cigars. Do want to say thank you, by the way, to Charlie Garrison uh, from Garrison Brothers. Uh, Whiskey, who was our guest last week, and we had a lot of fun with Charlie. I don't think he had any idea how much fun he was going to have. Oh, and by the end of that, he was just having a blast. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so that's that's kind of our signature thing. Guys come on, they're always a little careful and quiet in the first uh, the first couple of segments, and by the end, they're like, woohoo! It probably has something to do with. The, I must say, I think we spent about four hours together my first time. I, I, we, well, we did. Oh yeah, we did a show and did our after show. Yeah, we did. We did. We did yeah. that. So much fun. I met all kinds of cool people that day. Yeah. That, was a, that was just the coolest thing. Yeah. So, uh, well, now it's time for the most popular segment on the show. People talk about it. I don't know why, but ladies and gentlemen, it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I have to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. <laughs> so Drinking News is our segment on the program where we uh, bring you a story that we at least believe to be true. It comes from some sort of quasi-reputable uh, uh, news organization. So, you know, it, we don't use stories from The Onion, as funny as some of those are. Some of those are we, great. We know that they're made up. So, uh, so these are stories about things that actually, uh, supposedly, uh, actually happened. And uh, as, as we say, some of these are uh, stories about drinking. But all of them are stories that are probably best enjoyed when you've been drinking. When you have been drinking. <clears throat> a Florida man. Oh, I love it already. <laughs> a Florida man was put in jail on Monday after he decided to improvise during an alleged robbery at a Waffle House in Madison, Florida, according to deputies. The Madison County Sheriff's Office said 
A Waffle House employee called them to the restaurant after a man identified as 28-year-old Edward William Rodriguez of Madison tried to rob them. Sheriff David Harper said that witnesses told deputies that Rodriguez entered the Waffle House with a small dog, pointed his hands into finger guns, and yelled, Get on the ground, y'all are getting robbed. All right, his name's Edward William Rodriguez, and he's doing. I, I like to think that his friends call him Erod. <laughs> yeah. Like that's got to be. Hope right. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, deputies found the uh, oh, the would-be armed robber at his home, where he admitted to robbing the restaurant of its napkins, according to the sheriff's office. Apparently, when he was in the uh, restaurant, he said announced that he was high and drunk grabbed some napkins and left the store after doing the finger gun uh, episode. Uh, and now faces charges for unarmed robbery and assault, because I guess you can't, it can't be armed robbery if it's, if right. it's just your fingers. Uh, and hey, by the way, if you're sitting around bored with nothing to do, here's a little something I like to do to pass the time. Try calling a Waffle House in Florida, or for that matter, Alabama or Georgia, and ask if Bubba is there. <laughs> I'd lay 50-50 odds that somebody named Bubba this, will come to this, the phone. This reeks of something mm -hmm. that you probably did when you were running a morning show on the radio. In fact, yes. We had, so <laughs> now that you mention it, I'll say we used to have this contest uh, called uh, the Bubba Game. And we'd get a caller on the line, uh, and then we'd have them predict whether or not someone named Bubba would come to the phone oh, when we man. called the Waffle House. So then we'd, we'd dial the Waffle House. Uh, someone would answer and we'd say, uh, we'd say, yeah, yeah, is Bubba there? I need to talk to him. And the beauty of it was the person putting, pulling the phone a little way and going, Bubba? Is there a Bubba here? <laughs> and about half the time there was. There's so if Bubba. the person guessed is correctly, Bubba there? they won the uh, the concert tickets. That's fantastic. But entertainment always ensued, whether, whether Bubba was there or not. Uh, anyway, today's drinking news moral is uh, don't bring a knife or your finger to a gunfight or an armed robbery. Also, don't steal napkins. And drinking news. <laughs> drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> I always get excited when I can find a story for drinking news that is, in fact, about a Florida man. Gives me an excuse to play my ukulele <laughs> yeah. once a week. And, and that's, a, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, not every podcast you listen to has live music. That's right. All right. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, that's that's another plus for us, I suppose. Um, this is a, uh, a a really fun show to do when we get to go out and uh, be in a cigar lounge. We're at Presidential Cigars. I'm still I, I'm behind you guys a little on this tequila, and that's an unusual thing. I'm usually <laughs> I'm usually the first to empty the tequila, but you know it's been a long time since I did anything but sip tequila. It, it does have that very almost cognac kind of flavor to mm -hmm. it. That yeah. Really. Really, Armagnac it's interesting. Even an Armagnac, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit of, of it's so sweet and a wonderful, wonderful. Way. There's almost no heat to it as Man. well. Mm -hmm. really you sweet. notice that, like, there's like, yeah, it's super, super easy to drink. Yeah, and there's not even like a, a real warm like heat that sneaks back up on you or anything like that. It really just kind of goes the down. The tequila hug is almost non-existent. Yeah, almost exactly. non-existent. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Well, um, it's it's definitely worth it if you want to splurge a little. And uh, put some of this, you know, drink it slow. You can have it around for a while. 
unless you have friends like mine, in which case it won't last all that long. I'm going back in. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and by the way, just like the other uh, Añejo we had from Addictivo Tequila, when your bottle gets empty and you're like, oh, man, there's more tequila in the cap. Really? Yeah. Uh, now, I won't do this because it'll, it'll, but basically if you kind of press it down into the glass firmly, uh, that little plunger your, goes you in. You get your last, you get your last little bit. Of tequila. Okay. And I wouldn't have known that except in the other bottle that we had, uh, this top was clear and you could see the liquid in So the top uh, of this is actually a, a pour. It, yeah, it's, it's actually your, it's your last pour. <laughs> Just when you think you're out of tequila, oh wait, you're not. All right. And, and that can be a positive thing. Uh, Darnell Street is here. Darnell, uh, Empress Cut Cigars, obviously we know we can find them here at uh, Presidential Cigars. Where, how else can people get a hold of your cigars? I mean, we're all over. We're, uh, since the last time we met, we're in Total Wines. Nice. Oh, nice. So Fantastic. we're in uh, 29 stores in Total Wine, uh, all of Houston, uh, Delaware, Virginia, Maryland, uh, uh, in Georgia as well, Atlanta, Alpharetta. We're in those stores as well. So and you guys are slowly taking over. We're slowly trying to pull up on the heels of the big guys. So how do you, uh, how do you find the response when you go into Georgia or Maryland and, and talk to uh, stores about carrying your, your cigars? What, what is that process like? You know, it's kind of twofold. In the early days, it was like, ah, eh, you don't have really a, a known reputation that we've heard about. Mm -hmm. But what we've been fortunate about, we say over 50% of the locations we're in, our customers demand that they carry our cigar. That's so great. So they yeah. go in and they do the warm sale up front and we'll come in and close it. And so that's how we get into a lot of stores. We don't do a lot of cold calling. It's really a cigar enthusiast to a cigar enthusiast. If they've got a place that they consider their watering hole, they will go and ask management to uh, put us in the stores. And in Detroit, we're in uh, some liquor stores called Wild Bill. Wild Bills in Detroit. In Detroit. They've got like 100 locations, and we slowly, after meeting with you guys, we were able to close the deal with Wild Bill. Yeah, nice. Great. And yeah. we always seem to meet up when you got a new cigar just about yeah. to come out, because last time the Jazz was the jazz just, about, was just to about to come out. Come out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And this time, and, and tell, me, tell us the name of the new one again. It's the Indulgence. 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 I'm looking forward to that. That just sounds now How like many uh, sizes are you going to have in the Indulgence? Uh, initially two. Okay. Uh, we, we're doing a small uh, limited run, and depending on how the public takes it, uh, we'll have a Corona, and we'll probably uh, have uh, a little larger size, uh, maybe in the uh, Toro range uh, as we go along. But we wanted to keep it, like you said, a little bit small, so it wouldn't be too intimidating for new, right, new right. smokers. How, uh, it's always difficult to grow any business. Is the cigar business the same as anything else? You know, having to go back and reinvest any money that you make in your next line and yeah. all of that. Is that is it is it similar or is it different? No, it's very similar. I mean, almost everything we make, we put back into the new line. And in cigars, it's it's a volume game. Mm -hmm. You've got to get wide and you got to get deep before you start making any money. Right. So we just continuously are trying to grow market share little by little by staying you know high level of quality good cigars that people like. We don't want to falter, so we tend to move slow. We probably can move a little bit faster, but we try to start with our base and then move out into newer segments so that we can make sure when people enjoy the cigar, 
they enjoy it. And they literally will tell two or three other people. Do you guys end up doing any uh, uh, events? You know, are you doing any, like, in-store events, those kind of things we do. around town? Matter of fact, um, I'm in the Woodlands this Saturday at Total Wines. At Total uh, Wines in the cigar. Nice. And we've, <laughs> Pearland has a jazz festival at the city mm -hmm. of Pearland on Friday. And that's tomorrow. I'll be in Pearland off of Shadow Creek at uh, Hilton Garden nice. uh, at a city-sponsored jazz event. And we'll be presenting our, our cigars there. It's a jazz event, so they wanted to have our cigars to be Makes part sense. of it. Nice. The jazz cigar. Has this become full-time for you? Do you, do uh, you it has. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, since the last time, you, last time we talked, uh, I moved into the business full-time because we had enough business where someone needed to manage it and keep yeah. it growing. Right. Somebody's got to be at that jazz festival. Somebody's got to be at that. Here and doing the show today and all of that. Right. Yeah, right. Now, when I make some money, you'll see me come in with some long pants. So right now, I'm not making enough for a full set of pants. You know, <laughs> but you got the shirt. But I got the shirt. <laughs> you know, when when uh, when we started uh, we started my company, that was one of the things that we said. We wanted to make sure we had a good working environment where people could come in, they could be creative and do you know the things that they love to do right. for their job, and we didn't want to have to wear pants. Right. So that. That could be that can be actually a goal. A goal. You, you just to stay that way, right? You know, right. <laughs> I, I, all I'm saying is don't feel like you got to put on the long pants for <laughs> okay. us. Okay. You know? <laughs> um, I I always it's always kind of been a dream. Like what you're doing is like almost like a, a dream to me. Like how how much fun is it? it, it does does the the difficulty of the work. Uh, overshadow the fun at all, or you, or do you, or you get to really have a ball doing this? It does a little bit. I have partners; they get to go out to events, and I'm stuck behind the computer right. with uh, <laughs> taxes, the state of Texas, filing paperwork, working on new blends. Literally mm -hmm. uh, every month or two, it takes about nine months for us to bring a new cigar to market. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we've got to get better at the uh, reducing that time. But we are we're adamant not to go fast, go slow. And the other thing about being in the lounge here at Presidential, I'm able to be in the factory and call a couple of guys over here and talk to them about a blend that we put together. And if they like it, uh, if they say, hey, those elements sound pretty good, we'll bring samples back. They'll smoke them and they'll go, yeah, that's pretty good, but I, I don't like this. So I would smoke this once a week or once a month. And we make subtle adjustments. So we got our own research and development team here. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, we trade free sample cigars for their opinions. And we literally take their advice. I mean, I was in Nicaragua, and I literally had a tray of cigars, samples, and called two of the guys, and what do you like about this cigar that I gave you the sample? And they told us, and we were having some t a hard time kind of replicating a cigar that we had worked on four or five months before. And what we were trying to do was accelerate the aging process. And right. we realized we couldn't do it. So we had to back off, let it naturally age, and then it got back to what Sometimes we're like. it's got to take time. Yeah. It takes time. You know, it's important though that you move, that you don't move too fast. Because right. if you put out a cigar that's not as good, and I walk into a humidor and buy one, because I've heard about Emperor's Cut cigars, I take it home and I don't really enjoy it, it's going to be a lot harder for you to get me to buy that second one. Right. Or ever buy a box. Ever buy know? a box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, know, so, you know who did that to me so bad? Gurkha. Oh yeah, Gurkha did that to me a long time ago, and, I'm, uh, and some of their cigars, like I never have a problem with their flavor, but they uh, they, they yeah, burn me on their construction for such a long time right. that I just I'm skittish about even right. buying them now. Even right. though I, we've talked about we've this, most few, of that yeah. has been corrected right. with those guys. 
But you, you're right. It takes a lot longer to get over something that wasn't that good. It's kind of like going to a restaurant. If you go to a restaurant and the meal you order is, eh, yeah, it's going to be a while right. before you go try something else exactly. there. Exactly. You and, know? And we haven't always gotten it right. I mean, we've had sample cigars that unraveled a little bit. And right here we had a group that said, look, it's unraveling real time. We take notes. We go back to the factory and said, hey, this is not good. So luckily we find it before we go into full production. Yeah. Yeah. That might but, take another month or two to hold on to it. By the way, the burn on this baby has I, been exceptional. I had to Are give mine done? up. It was just about burning my thumb. Yeah. <laughs> I bet I know where you can get another one. Oh, yeah. Somewhere <laughs> on that table. Yeah. Well, I've got to tell you, these are, these are really full. I, I didn't mention this before. When I got into the last third of this, it felt like the strength uh, ticked Increased. up a notch. Yeah. And it really, I'm really loving the yeah. last third of it. It's, yeah. it's just, uh, the complexity is still there. I'm getting all of those flavors that we've talked about, all the different notes, and it's uh, it's just really super enjoyable. I, uh, I I can't say enough about it. What's the retail price likely to be on uh, the different cigars in your line? So depending on where you're at in the country, uh, our cigars will sell anywhere from maybe uh, about ten fifty. If you go further north, New York, New Jersey, yeah, they've got some real issues. Thirteen fifty, yeah. maybe fifteen dollars, and mm -hmm. we've seen it as high as uh, seventeen. But the pricing in those northern markets seem to work. And a lot of that is not us. It's, it's the tax. The tax. Well, yeah. yeah. Everybody's cigars yeah. are more expensive there because, because yeah. of that. Yeah. I can't imagine being in New York right now and being yeah. a cigar. I'm trying store. to buy a cigar. Yeah, it's, it's, just a, uh, uh, it's just frustrating. I would imagine that that is really hurting New York shops because people can still buy online without yeah. having to pay as much uh, yeah. of a tax. And I've... You know, I, I got to admit, I'd, I'd be really tempted to do most of my shopping you know, online. You know, when I, I walk into a brick and mortar, I expect cigars to be a little bit more than what you buy online. You right. just expect it. You're right. in person, you're in there, and right. they've got overhead, and you got to take care of that. And I don't even think twice about it, but when I go into a brick and mortar and I see it $6, $10 more, yeah. or uh, at the Renfest, where they're mm -hmm. selling a seven dollars cigar for twenty two dollars there's there's a uh, cigar shop i won't say the name of them but they're not far from where the office is where we do the show uh just across the highway uh, and i went in there once and bought one cigar it's a really nice shop but i haven't been back because that cigar was half again more expensive yeah. so there's, there's a limit everywhere else there's a know? limit but i do love the brick and mortar and i love you know anytime i walk in i always buy at least a handful to walk out with because um because you know support the local yeah that's right big time that's we, what we say we say support your local shops because when they're doing good we're doing good yeah, yeah if people live somewhere where they can't find you in their local shops can they buy from your website? Yeah, on our website, Empress Cut at uh, www.empress-cut.com. Empress-cut.com. They can buy online. And so uh, we, uh, we tell people if you're traveling, you know, you need cigars and you need them fast, we, we ship the next day, whatever you need. If nice. you're close enough, we even have somebody that might deliver. If, you know, <laughs> if you're nice. in one of our markets, we That's deliver. Nice. Um, yeah. Where did the name Empress Cut come from? So. I came up with the name with my team. Uh, we, it came in two parts. The emperor's part was we wanted something that would, you know, show quality and royalty. And the cut piece came from 
you know, the emperor normally gets the first part of the harvest. Ah, the very okay. best part of the harvest that, that makes people would bring sense. to him. So we combine the two emperor's cut to mm -hmm. say this is a high quality cigar that, uh, that we're delivering to you and that everyone should be one that will make you feel really good about your purchase and the experience. And it fits the cigar motif because of the, you know, the, the emperor's cut. They're using the primo leaf yes. uh, from, yes. from the cigar. So, it's, yeah. uh, so it makes a lot of sense. Ian, I noticed you poured yourself some more of that IPA. So I did. You must really like that. And it's, it's warm now. It's a very different profile from what it was earlier, and it's wow. still quite good. Really? This is just about room temperature. Well, not to divert you from that, my friend, but oh, I think man. it's time for us to uh, try a little Stout Chocula. Stout Chocula coming and, right and up. You will have to show this can to the camera because uh, it's <laughs> it's pretty Let awesome. me pour a little bit and then I'll bring it up. Yeah, the artwork's fantastic. Yeah, stout Chocula. Yeah, Stout Chocula. So this is an Imperial Milk Stout, and it is a, uh, a creation of Ingenious Brewing. By the way, I assume they're going to be there again this year. But the uh, Whiskey Social is coming up soon, and uh, they had a stout at one of the last Whiskey Socials that was just, was it a stout or a porter? I forget now, but it was amazing. That was, was stout. Was that the milkshake stout? That's what it was. It was the milkshake. That thing was just outstanding. So they've already got a pretty high bar to hit with this baby. Uh, but stout chocula, and you can read uh, exactly what it says about the uh, about the beer there on the can. As soon as I are, get done, pour, I gotta pour Adam's song. Once you're you done with the pour, but uh, uh, yeah, we all we always uh, try to make sure we take care of our producers. That we got to. Less likely to ask for more money. That's you know, right. So. We'll pay him in beer. <laughs> we pay him in beer and tequila. <laughs> um, so the can here. Let me bring this up to the. Let me bring this up to the camera. Ooh, we've changed camera angles even. Good right here. Look at the artwork on that. It's the the classic cartoonish Dracula character with a snifter of beer, a tulip, if you will, of beer. There, uh, I'm surprised because usually I think that the uh, when I think Ingenious, I think of the taller cans. This is the first shorter can I've ever seen from Ingenious. Yeah, milk stout with chocolate and marshmallow. And I bought interesting. Okay. Uh, independently owned Ingenious Brewing Company. What do they say on the back here? Imperial Milk Stout oozing with chocolate and tons of marshmallows. A deliciously scary part of a complete adult breakfast full of beer and chocolate. <laughs> the they also had a, uh, a, a sort of a blueberry or Frankenberry one, too. Oh, that's I awesome. Got, I got the Stout Chocula because that, that just Have you tried it yet? Too good. No, but I have. Oh, it done smells and, fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It it really does remind me on the nose of chocolate breakfast cereal. You know, uh, have you ever like it? It smells like those little dried marshmallows that you get in the cereal. You know, the little yes. sugary dried ones. Mm. So, Let me tell you something. This is a dessert. I'm cuckoo for cocoa puffs right yeah, now. Yeah, this is good. This is, uh, wow. Yeah, this is. Do you want to talk about a breakfast stout? Yeah. This is a breakfast cereal. Man, stout. this yeah. is this is like a pork chop, but yeah. sweet and delicious. Mm -hmm. On top of that, this is uh, yeah the mouthfeel on this is huge. This yes. is this is you know when they say you know a beer pours a bit like motor oil, that's <laughs> and it's interesting because I, I, there's something about pouring a stout out of a smaller can that makes me less likely to expect this kind of bigness and mouthfeel. I'm expecting that more from a bomber. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but but it is definitely there. 
I'm so interested in the finish on this beer. It's it finishes with this sweet, um, this sweet marshmallowy thing going up. It's not it's not heavy marshmallow flavor, but it's very present marshmallow flavor. If that makes sense. It's not a sticky sweet either. It's more right. like a sweet on the tongue. Just yeah. All, again, like a breakfast cereal sweet. Yeah. You know. Uh, and by the way. Woo! Now I'm getting a chocolate note out of this mm -hmm. that is just really. You keep pronounced. mentioning cereal though. This has like that malty, oaty kind of breadiness to it. Like mm -hmm. this, this is like a like a like a dark beer bread or something right. like that almost. Yeah, which is a wonderful uh, in the best good. way. Wonderful mental image of taste there. Mm. Uh, that's that's just I'm done delicious. with mine already. I'm going back in. And that is just absolutely delicious. And, great. and I know you're done with your cigar, but uh, you have to get some of this and try it with one of these jazz cigars because do you uh, have another jazz yeah. in here I could steal from? Open you? it up. Uh, it's not there in the other box. I want to try one of the smaller sizes just for fun. Try one of the dizzies. Oh yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. Let's try. Let's try that. Uh, train that you had there uh, you will not be disappointed I can tell you that you will not be disappointed so while you light that up let me ask you now, uh, I want to point out that uh, that I had the bigger cigar and I was done with it much faster than you're done with yours. yeah well, I'm, I'm really kind of savoring this right. last nub here <laughs> yeah. it's dangerously close to yeah. my fingers but I'm still going yeah uh, smoke it like you're going to prison you know that <laughs> I have not heard that before. It's my last one. I have not heard that before. That's great. I love it. Yeah, you can't get... I know, you know, cigarettes become currency in prison, but I don't guess you can get a cigar, could you? I don't know. I hate to figure out what you have to do for a cigar. I don't think I want to know. I don't think you want to know. I'll wait till I get out. That'd be a pretty good... Pretty good trade to be in, though. If you could somehow get cigars into the prison, yeah, you could be the man. You'd be the man. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be you a lot sure. of credit on your books. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> one of those comedy. Uh, I'm trying to remember which movie it was. One of those comedy movies from the '90s. I remember. Uh, it wasn't like maybe it wasn't. Uh, Don't be a menace while drinking your juice in the hood. It was one of those <laughs> like that. Though. You remember those? Yeah. And I remember there's a scene where they're in the backyard, like having a barbecue. And the, the one guy who's obviously an ex-con has uh, a bunch of cigarettes up on the table. He's like, what, is my money no good here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, speaking of cons and ex-cons, um, the building that once used to house um, uh, a, a house in Venezuela that the guys once used to hide their kidnapping victims while they were waiting for ransom has now been converted into an office for a rum distribution business. This uh, drastic shift by the crime boss, uh, Luis Orpeza, and his gang is part of an unusual social reintegration project that has brought some relative calm, they say, to the town of, of uh, Sabanita, Venezuela, uh, as they uh, have put this program in place that has helped its founder, the rum maker, Ron Santa Teresa, to survive and even thrive in a country where the economy has been caught in a bit of a downward spiral for years now and the authoritarian government has systematically quashed any kind of dissent. Instead of joining the scores of businessmen that are leaving the country to escape the kidnapping or arrest or financial ruin, uh, the uh, Volmer family that runs Santa Teresa chose to stay and engage 
with the gangs there and with the socialist government that had once promised to destroy the elite of the country. And in the process, they have gone from declaring bankruptcy to becoming exporters of an award-winning award vintage rum. And wow. it, with the uh, leadership that they've shown, they've given some of these guys from the gangs a way to become involved in legitimate business and, and to be able to work and have a job that can sustain them and something that they can grow in and grow with. And it's a really, that is a bizarrely really, inspiring story. It really is. And, and I, I, you know, my wife found the story and, and passed it on to me. And I was like, this is just fantastic. Like, it's, you, you always hear about the bad stories. You know, yeah. Uh, you always hear of everything spiraling downward and 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 the places where there's chaos. And you don't hear as much about the good stories. If you do, I, it's you know somebody's dog. I want to. I want to also long, point uh, out journey or something but. that it's easy in those situations to have excuses, and mm -hmm. sometimes legitimate reasons beyond those excuses. Right. But you're talking about an idea here that took root and has been implemented, that was born from. We're going to take what we got, and we're going to do something with it. And exactly. that is awesome. Yeah, it's a fantastic Absolutely. thing. It yeah, really that is, is so, fantastic. So cheers, and you might want to go out and look for some Santa Teresa rum. All right. Santa Teresa this. rum. Yeah, Santa support this, uh, this thing. And if it's award-winning, they got, they got something going on. You know, you won't, you won't uh, likely be disappointed, I think. It's not like buying a bottle of the Conor McGregor uh, proper number 12. You'll probably enjoy that one. Yeah. Kick it till you fall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we are going to take a break. We'll be back for our final segment. And I'm going to enjoy just a little bit more of the that, stout uh, chocolate because this that is. That cigar fantastic. brings out a lot more of the vanilla yeah. flavors in that. Uh, yeah. Yes, it does. You're right. Chocolate mm. Uh, mm. style. This, this really is. If you are someone who, like me, has childhood memories of eating the. Uh, Cocoa Krispies or the Cocoa Puffs or the Count Chocula and then drinking the milk that was left in the bowl that was all chocolatey. That's it. what this is. Yeah, like. that's it. It's got that, that marshmallow exact, flavor. Except yeah. even better, it's a beer. Yeah. I, I, I want to point out that my wife being the uh, having the, the outlook on life a lot of times of a child in, in that she goes into everything with just wide open eyes, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and everything... Like really looking at it like life, it's you know? new. It's a wonderful thing. I don't mean out of naivete. I mean right. out of just exuberance for life. Right. But uh, she'll go into a grocery store, and she loves when Halloween comes up because she will buy those Halloween cereals. And she found she found at the store the other day is she bought the Halloween cereal. It came with a free package of just, like you can buy it separately, but it's just the uh, marshmallows that you put uh. in there. So a whole box of just the marshmallows. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're right. I, I love the story of how you and your wife met because your band was playing yes. at a uh, at a bar, uh -huh. and you, uh, my wife was there at, at the time. Uh, we weren't married, but she was there because she was managing the band, and uh, Tiffany, your now wife, came into that bar. Because she just moved here and was searching for well, this a was, place. This was in Baytown, Texas. Yeah. Okay. So this is as blue collar as Texas gets, except for maybe Beaumont. Right. 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 Now, Beaumont's pretty blue collar. But, uh, and I mean that in the best way, but Baytown's right next to it. And, um, 
and we're playing in a bar for St. Patrick's Day, and my wife, uh, at the time, she had uh, left her husband, and she had moved in with her parents who lived in Baytown, and she uh, had been there for a little while. And she was like, it's St. Patrick's Day, I need to get out, okay? And so she called all the bars in Baytown to see if anybody had Guinness. Now, this is Baytown, Texas, so every bar in Baytown, Texas has Miller Lite and Bud right. Light. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> One bar in Baytown, Texas had Guinness, and that happened to be the bar that I was playing. Wow. And so she comes in by herself. She had her little brother drop her off, and he was going to come back and pick her up later, you know, because she was going to go in and have some beers and stuff. And that's when she was sitting at the end of the bar, and she met your wife sitting there, and they started talking. And that, yeah, it was fantastic yeah, that's, but my uh, wife has a wonder i'm gonna i'm gonna brag on her just one more time my wife has a great outlook on life one morning she calls me up and i'm still in bed cause she she was heading to work much earlier than i wake up generally and so i wake up and i answer the phone and she goes my windshield wiper is broken and it was raining so bad outside and i was like ah what do you mean broken she goes well like the whole arm of it not the not the arm that moves but the whole blade arm basically had broken off i said well is is there like a metal piece that's scraping across your windshield she goes yes i said can you pull over can you take your uh can you take that arm and point it out like when you're changing your blades and she goes yeah i think i can do that so she pulls over off of uh she exited uh uh, uh allen parkway she pulls over she points that thing out. She gets back in the car. She's drenched now because it's just raining like crazy outside. She gets back in her car. She turns on. The one windshield wiper still working. It's on the driver's side. She goes, okay, I think, I think it'll be okay now. And I'm like, okay, you're going to be fine. And she giggles. <laughs> I'm like, what? She goes, I have a unicorn car. <laughs> like, that's the way my wife looks at the world, and I absolutely love yes, that. That's such a great story. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I know that's silly, but, you know. I know. It's wonderful. It's, and, and, you know. So many times we get caught up in the negative of something that's yeah. happened, but she was able to just totally pivot and go, I have a exactly. unicorn car. That's just a, that's just a wonderful <laughs> thing. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Be back for our last segment. Uh, what, what a show today. Smoking and toasting, uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are at Presidential Cigars with uh, Darnell from Emperor's Cuts, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Live show today from uh, Presidential Cigars. Well, the shows are always live, but uh, today we're live at Presidential uh, Cigars with Emperor's Cut and Darnell Street. And we are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com. Great shirts on the web for cigar lovers or aficionados. I don't like to say that word very often. Uh, aficionados. Aficionados. Uh, and uh, you can find them on the web at mycigarshirts.com because... Cigars. Yeah. Speaking of the web, Emperor's Cut Cigars. Give that uh, web address one more time, Darren. You can find us on the web at uh, www.emperors-cut.com. Very good. And you can order cigars directly off of there if you yep. uh, are in a place where you don't have a brick and mortar to go to. You can, and if you're close enough, you may get one of my partners or myself to deliver them to your house. <laughs> we like to do that from so time awesome. to time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Ian's delivered uh, 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 liquor to my house uh, before, but unfortunately it was a box of malt liquor. Uh, we were doing the... Uh, Malt the malt liquor, liquor taste malt test, taste test, test. Uh, on the show, um, and uh, it was. Uh, and I have to tell you, I really wanted to put them in a basket 
and cover it with cellophane. And like it classy. Yes. Make it super classy. classy. And it was all malt liquor. <laughs> that, was, that was a rough show. I, I, would, I would say that was the roughest show I think we've ever done. Make you want to put a cutoff t-shirt on it and kick me, it back. It took me days before everything didn't just taste like malt liquor. It was not, <laughs> so, it was not a good experience. I, I, yeah, the purge. I, I hate <laughs> and love to say this at the same time. I'm a little more familiar with malt liquor because uh, in my brew club, we truly believe that to understand what's great in something, you have to understand what's bad about the same thing. That's true. <laughs> so about once every six months, we have a, a meeting. You know, We have a meeting every week, but we have a meeting that we call 80s night. And that's where everyone brings two bottles of malt liquor. Because 40 and 40 is, of course, is 80. Oh, look at this. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> We've had a few members that rolled 120 deep, and that's yeah, they're, they're that's on full tilt at that point. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I can't even imagine. It, when, when that show was done, I had all of these bottles and cans of malt liquor with about that much gone out of each one. And I, I, I stood there looking at them and said... No, yeah, like nine bottles of it. You yeah. realize you wasted almost oh, I did. fifteen dollars yeah. or something. I know. <laughs> did, it all, so, did it all come from a gas station? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I found a gas station that like you walk in and they had it all up yeah. front, all the different ones. And I was like, yeah. man, they still make that <laughs> where I'm buying. <laughs> I, I I feel obligated to point out this was one of the shows we did during the early days of the pandemic where we were still doing the show over Skype. Yeah, yeah. So Ian was at his house with the malt liquor and I was at my house with the malt liquor and uh, we were we were doing the show and doing the tasting the week before we'd had a guest on uh, from uh, the company that makes... Balvenie. Uh, from Balvenie, yeah, that makes the... Uh, they make the... Oh, no, sorry, Dalmore. Uh, Dalmore, thank Jura you. Jura slash yeah, Dalmore. Jura yeah. and Dalmore. They make the cigar malt uh, whiskey, which is a very good and, oh, and if you haven't a had somewhat it. expensive uh, whiskey. So, um, because we weren't doing the show in the studio... By somewhat expensive, it means about 150 bottle-ish. Yeah, okay. So, because we weren't doing the show in the studio, we weren't able to have our guests, you know, come in and bring some with him, right. which is what normally they'll do when we're uh, doing a, a show about whiskey. Uh, so what we did is I went out and bought a bottle, and I poured half of it into a container, left it at the front desk of my building for Ian to swing by. This is when, you know, you weren't seeing anybody right. during the pandemic, right? I think it was a Sprite bottle, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> was it really a Sprite bottle? I think it was. Oh. Well... Trust me, it'd have been well washed. That's okay. So anyway, I poured the uh, I poured half of the bottle. So Ian swings by my place, and I provide the Dalmore cigar malt. Seventy five dollars. Seventy five dollars worth of, of whiskey, right. which he picked up, and then we both sampled on the show. The following week was the malt liquor show, and he dropped off malt liquor. For uh, me. Hey, in my Somehow. defense, you gave me one thing to drink. I gave you a whole well, bunch of right, different. I suppose <laughs> I suppose that will uh, that will have to suffice. Uh, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank uh, you. The cigars are fantastic. I'm a huge fan of the jazz line, and uh, and really excited about the about the new one. This we is going to be uh, this is going to be the indulgence. The indulgence, yes. And, and that's going to be available. You said about two weeks. Two weeks from from yeah. today. So so this is something we're going to be looking for. We're going to be excited to try. And I, I just man, my hat is off to you guys. You it can't be easy to start a cigar company. You just can't, like, like it, it, it could, I'm sure a lot of it is fun, but it isn't easy. 
No, it's not. It, you know, every day we're trying to figure out how to financially grow, mm -hmm. which is the hardest part. And what a lot of people don't know, it's, it's difficult. Banks don't like lending money to cigar companies. No, I'm sure they don't. Yeah. I mean, if you know, you go through it, like, oh, you cigars, dating services. Oh, we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> cigars know. and dating services. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, um, you guys have done well. What you've, what you've done, and the reason I think it's going to continue to work for you, is you've created real quality products. You, you didn't you didn't just step in and go, okay, we'll do this on the cheap until we get some volume and, and are able to ramp it up, right. which is one way to do it. But uh, like like I say, if you have established a brand that has the kind of quality associated to it that you guys have done, it's going to pay off for you right. much better, I think, in right. the long run. So. And, and, and we'll get to say we know you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. We, we introduced it right here with you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, just like we did the jazz. I mean, mm -hmm. it's amazing that timing-wise it started. This is the first time we've talked about indulgence pu pu publicly at all today. You that heard is, it first here, heard it first here. And remember, smoking and toasting directly influences sales. Yeah, so yes. I'm buying a few of these before I go yeah, to. Yeah, see? So there you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I thank you so much for doing this with us today. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. Let's hang out a little bit more. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's do that. Thank you guys for being here and being a part of the show today for number 256. Uh, Adam is our producer on the Wheels of Steel. Thank you, Adam, for, uh, uh, for everything that you do. Uh, we had a little bit of a uh, scheduling change. Our cigar-smoking astronaut, uh, Charlie, is... Uh, is tied up in California, will not be able to be here for next week's show. So we're putting together something uh, something pretty special uh, for that. But I did want to let you guys know we got some pretty cool things uh, coming up in the very near future, uh, including some uh, a new uh, brewery that we've not had on before and uh, several uh, bits of excitement. We are in the process of scheduling our good friend Docs to return. Oh, he's uh, so fun. As, as we'll do a special... Taco Tuesday, oh, Thursday edition. Taco Tuesday, of, Thursday. Taco Tuesday on Thursday, Thursday. edition of, uh, of the show. So um, thank you again for being a part of Smoking and Toasting. We appreciate it. We are looking forward to seeing you again same time next week. And uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. All right. Cheers. Oh, clean. Yes. Yeah.